0: let's see if we still know how to do this faster than a speeding bullet more powerful than a locomotive
1: able to leap tall buildings at a single bound look up in the sky it's a bird it's a plane it's book spruce bros
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to issue 21 of the Superior Hero Show's comic book podcast, Books, Bruce Bros, hosting this beautiful show for you as eloquently as anybody possibly could in the box next to me, the original geek himself, Eric. Books, Bruce Bros, I thought you were dead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the rumors of our deaths were greatly exaggerated. <laughs> Next Uh, to me is my good friend Enrique. And to my left, the guy with the beard, Daryl.
0: All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a couple weeks since we've done this. Before we talk about the books, before we talk about these brews, bros, it's been a long time. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. Been working a lot. Been playing some good ball, reading some good books. Missing my bros, but, you know, thanks to the wonderful technology that we have at our disposal, we're able to still do this. I'm good, but how are you, Eric?
1: I am also very good. Back at work, new school, same old BS. (laughs) Uh, My brother was out uh, from Arizona last week, so that was really cool. It's been like five years um, since he's been out. Um, So although I missed our get together. Um, It was nice to see him. And, you know, I've I've just been reading a lot, watching a lot of stuff on TV. Um, I know we've talked about it before, but, um, you know, I've been catching up on Doom Patrol, um, getting ready for the third season to come out. And I love that show. Nice.
2: (laughs) And those are characters you really enjoy. Yeah. And I I have
1: newfound respect for um, Crazy Jane, who, I, I thought it was cool as a comic character, but in the TV, I think I love that woman. <laughs> oh, man, she's great. And she's very layered. Yeah, she's great.
0: Awesome. I'm doing all right as well since it's it's been so long since we've done this. Uh, my, I've actually picked up a new job uh, since the last we spoke, I actually had an interview with Tony Stark and got recruited to the Avengers. Um, and, Welcome to the cult, You know, and once I get that paperwork done, I will be starting up there. Um, nice. So a nice little change of pace. You know, I'll also have an interview on Monday with uh, uh, a, a, a former, a past district that I've been with. So. That's something else I'm looking forward to. So, I mean, it's, it's, I've been, uh, times have been a little bit crazy, but I don't know. I've been fortunate. I've been, I've been blessed these last couple weeks. So that's, that's definitely something. And I've also been reading a ton of stuff and reading a ton of news and watching a ton of shows since we're into the Halloween season. Um, Malignant, have either one of you watched it? Not yet. I have, I don't think I have. No, it's on HBO Max. Check it out before they take it off. All right. James Wan, the guy that directed Aquaman, um, uh-huh. he directed this because he's a horror director that that's his bread and butter. That's where he comes from. And this shit is so batshit crazy. It is ridiculous. But like visually and because it's not scary. It's just it's just a lot of what the fuck. <laughs> like, so, I mean, I, I highly recommend it. I think you should definitely check it out. Both of you, if you're into the, it's the, it's the season for it. Yeah, know.
1: exactly. It's the season, you know, now before we get into beers, I do think there might be some listeners who are a little bit confused thinking that you have uh, jumped into an alt reality and are now a variant that's actually joined the Avengers. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I think, I think you need to reveal the, uh, insider secret there. Yeah. Yeah. I I need a a little bit more clarity. So I got hired observation, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got hired by a behavioral consultant group, um, I don't know. I, do I need to disclose the name of it? No, or you don't need yeah, to disclose you know. the name. So I, I, I didn't actually get recruited by the Avengers. It's, you,
1: I have to say for anybody, any of you that um, don't know that the gentleman that runs this particular agency, he could have been a stand-in in the movies for Robert Downey Jr. He looks exactly Dude. like Tony Stark.
0: Exactly. And he plays him. it
1: to the hilt. You
0: know, he, He's a variant. <laughs> <laughs> what if Tony Stark became a behavior consultant? There you go. There you go. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Alright. Um, so once we you just got to catch up with the bros for a little bit, now we're gonna catch up on the brews. Enrique. Yes. Talk to us about this angry orchard you got.
2: Oh, it's delicious. It's rich and angry and it's uh, Angry. crisp. It's crisp. It's delicious. I drink it and they pay me for it.
0: Crisp Apple. They don't.
2: But if you would like to have your people call mine.
0: There you go. Or you can uh contact us at the Spirit Hero Show on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can reach Enrique uh, through all of those.
2: <laughs> we have people standing by to uh take your call. Yes. <laughs> All right, donate, uh, donate to the, to the Patreon page on the Superior period show and <laughs> book bros. <laughs> All
0: right, uh, Eric, you got a beer today? I do
1: taking advantage of the fact that we have skipped right through the end of summer. I am into fall and I am drinking a dogfish head pumpkin beer from Milton, Delaware. It's described as the beer for people who say they don't like pumpkin beers. It's not overpowering, has a nice, clean taste, smooth finish, and you can find it on tap in many local restaurants.
0: Wait, hold on. You said Dogfish? Yep. Okay. Dogfish and Pumpkin. Pumpkin Ale? Yep. I think we're drinking the same beer this week. Oh, right, there we go. Check that Some out. Our listeners, this is a rare moment. Check that out. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, of course, cheers to you, Enrique. Cheers to you, Eric. There you go. That is a
2: books, brews, and bros care bear stare equivalent. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's a
2: first. That's a first. (laughs) Check
0: that out. Check that out.
2: Normally, our bros drink different brews. Wow, pumpkin season.
0: There you go. You know what? Next week, because I think next week we'll probably do this. uh, All of us together. We're doing it remote. Uh, Let's let's link up next week. And you know what? We're all drinking Rolling Rock next week. That's right.
2: Go got to say the
0: Nano to you there, my brother. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, before we get into these books, since we've talked about these bros and these brews, let's talk about this news. We've got a ton of, ton of, ton of news this week. Um, and let's start it off with something that probably affects, the one thing that affects us the most directly, probably, I would think. Um, the Marvel Unlimited update. Uh, I check Marvel unlimited at at this point daily um but they did a complete revamp from the ground up it is not the same app it is more streamlined it's more sleek I would say now it seems like they actually made it for a mobile device as opposed to before where it was definitely more tailored towards a a tablet um mm-hmm. along with this unlimited update they debuted infinity comics um the headlining name of all, in all of these Infinity Comics, of course, is Jonathan Hickman, Declan Shelby. They did a X-Men story that is a part of this. There's also a Captain America story by Jay Edidin from uh, Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men. There's also Robbie Thompson doing a Spider-Man story. I think he's also doing a Captain Marvel. He's doing a bunch of stories on there. Um, all types of different stuff. Like That's the main like hook for this uh, revamp of the app. Uh, I've had a chance to check it out. I have had a chance to read a ton of the, uh, infinity comics. I have read the X-Men one. I read the captain America one. I've read the Spider-Man one, the Shang-Chi one, Shang-Chi, uh, infinity comic. Um, and all in all, it's pretty cool. I like it. Um, of the infinity comics that I've read, I would say the captain America one is the best. That one is incredible. Definitely. If you haven't checked it out, give it a shot. Uh, Enrique, I know you're always on Unlimited. So what do you think about this uh, update revamp?
2: I think it's great that they're finally doing like uh, some exciting new things with it. Even though the Jonathan Hickman decline Shelby X-Men story isn't like causing big news, I think it's still an exciting concept that they're creating comics like this and this is canon they wouldn't throw that word around loosely so the fact that it's canon that's that's kind of exciting that they can create necessary reading but with the you know digital component added to it nice eric do you know that your uh video is off
1: i did i turned it off because i moved my phone closer to me and i didn't want you guys staring at my nose the whole time
0: no worries (laughs) i got you Eric, what did you think about this update? Have you messed with it yet? I have. Um, yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I, of what I've read
1: so far, I thought the Captain America was the best. Um, I like the fact that they're doing—they're actually pushing digital comics now. Um, they've had other digital-only comics from Marvel in the past, but they haven't really they haven't been easy to read. So I like the fact that this is so like Enrique said, so mainstream. Um, I, I think that that's a big, a big plus. And I think it's going to really push the unlimited app.
2: You're making it must see TV. Yeah. And you're giving it a chance. Cause without it, if well, while people like us enjoy Marvel unlimited And what is it now, DC Universe, DC Infinity?
0: DC Universe Infinite.
2: DC Universe Infinite.
0: These weeks off, I learned exactly what the name of the app was. (laughs) I read both of them, and I enjoy both of them. Oh, so do I. I was just on Infinite the other day.
2: I enjoyed when DC Universe had, you know, the, the animated movies and TV shows and theatrical releases all on the app, and I was disappointed when it went over to HBO Max. But I understand the wisdom in it. But um, no, I enjoy both apps
0: definitely. And Marvel Unlimited is definitely taking a, a similar type approach as far as with these uh, the updates that they're doing on it. Because now they said they're uploading daily or something like that. It's it's wild what they're doing with it. But um, oh no, I. I I like the update. Um, I don't have too many complaints about it. These Infinity comics are decent. But um let's stay on the topic of apps with this next bit of news. Let's talk about this webtoon stuff that DC has been a part of or just joined. And right now you can find a Bat Family story on there. I think they're like seven episodes in or issues. And webtoons is basically the pioneers for this whole vertical scrolling comic book thing except for you're either going to get like, like their DC stuff isn't continuity. It isn't what's going on in fear state. It's none of that. It's, it's specifically geared towards a specific audience and it's fun, you know, like, and it's free first and foremost. So definitely get this app and check it out if you, if you can, but it's like to go back to Marvel Unlimited, I like the Infinity Comics they're offering; they're in continuity, and since you know we already have Marvel Unlimited, it makes a, it's cool. You know, it's a dope upgrade. But if I'm somebody that's reading X Men in print, and then it's like, oh, I need to know what's going on with Logan and Kurt, for me to have to get. Marvel unlimited to read this story, to see what happens. It's not worth it. You know, like, like until they, they bolster their library a bit of these infinity comics. Um, I would say that, that the upgrade in itself isn't a selling point yet. You know, I think that they need to build it up a little bit more, but this webtoon stuff, it's it's definitely worth checking out because, I mean, I, I, the Batman story is cool. I read a lot of independent stuff as well, and and uh, something that I was put on a while ago, Tower of God, some type of South Korean manga, it's on there. And I checked it out, and, and it's really cool. And just as a comparison for this vertical scrolling comic book, the webtoons, which is, I think, the pioneers of it, it's a lot more clear you know, the clarity, the quality of the images, um, it's designed specifically for that. So, uh, webs, have either one of you checked it out yet or nah? I have not because I was think I was fooled by
1: the name. I thought it was more cartoons. Um, and we but- know Eric don't do anime, <laughs> <laughs> I'm there, but slowly. Um, and knowing that it's, you know, digital comics, um, that I'll give a shot, you know, just to see what it's about. Um, And I think it would be a great thing. Just think if you are, if you have young children, you're trying to get them interested in comics, what better way than put an app on their phone for free that they can read stuff on
0: the sales for the, or, or viewership or streaming or whatever it was for the bat family webtoon comic. I think they said exceeded the sales of the Batman in print comic. Wow. Like, that's it. If you want to get these kids reading, you got to do this, what you have to do this type of stuff.
2: That's interesting. I, for a very long time, have been an advocate of comics being a a way to get uh, children to read. Um, it, It definitely helped me. Like, I was illiterate for longer than you should be. I repeated fourth grade. And if it wasn't for comics given to me by my uh, awesome Uncle John. I might have been illiterate to this day. I had no reason, no interest in education in any form or fashion.
1: And
0: now it's your career.
2: And now uh, it's my
0: career. (laughs) There you go. There you go. You you can say it. You can say
2: it. (laughs) Oh, dude, I was a very challenging student. But I had very patient people and comics were what got me into reading and it got me into reading other things and at the very least i have a good vocabulary because of it <laughs> there
0: you go there you go you got niece and nephew make you mm-hmm. old enough webtoons there you go that's it webtoons dc universe infinite marvel Unlimited. all right let's uh Let's let's go over some more news. Continue. Damn, we're only on like two things. Joe Bennett has been, uh, well, Marvel breaks ties with Joe Bennett, removes a Mortal Hulk artist from upcoming projects. A 27-year relationship has been severed because uh, Joe Bennett is apparently anti-Semitic and has been slipping in shit in his art for years. So um, any thoughts on this?
1: Well, my biggest thought is he um, always has to be careful what you do in your um, youth because you may think it's not going to come back and bite you. But if he didn't draw that political cartoon when he was a child, he wouldn't be in the position he's in today. Um, that being said, I think Marvel was kind of forced to cut ties. Because once Al Ewing said, "I will not work with this man again," and you know they were like joined at the hip. What's Marvel going to do? <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, after Jonathan Hickman, it's within Marvel. Is it Al Ewing? Like who else is like for their star writers?
1: Yeah, probably. Probably L. Ewing. I mean, Donnie Cates would probably be in there. Oh yeah, Donnie Cates. Um, Donnie
2: Cates is definitely in the conversation.
1: Um, Sadarsky, yeah. Um, but Ewing is like the probably the biggest name because Immortal Hulk became such a huge thing. Yeah.
2: Did you throw Jerry Lugan in the conversation? No. Mm-hmm. Immortal Hulk is a is a smash hit. That is a undisputed. You know, no conversation needed. To, to say that that is a good book and that that creative team is exceptional and that will be a sad exit when that concludes, which will be when?
0: So in October. In like a month.
2: Yeah. What is issue number? 50. 50. Issue number 50 of the Immortal Hulk that Eric and Daryl have been talking about since Jump Street, since issue one.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about it that week. Yes. I think we're gonna talk about that that week and we're gonna talk about the nice house on the lake number six in November. I think we've already <laughs> decided that.
2: <laughs> when we do talk about Immortal Hulk number fifty, I'm gonna break out the, the short box that I picked up.
0: Nice. Oh there you go. Nice. Yeah. As an
2: homage. And we can explain what a short box is. <laughs>
0: yeah. Definitely do that. Definitely that. But uh Joe Bennett, uh that's all we got for him. I mean, he's gone, so uh, I don't think
2: anybody's fighting to keep uh, an anti Semitic person, you know, in the industry.
0: All right. Next bit of news. Hawkeye trailer came out a couple weeks ago. Very Matt Fraction, very David Aya. I've watched it. Enrique hasn't watched it.
2: I've not watched it, but I did read every single issue of that run.
0: Eric has watched it. I have. And Eric said that it moved up on his list.
1: Yes, um I when they were going through all the Marvel shows coming out, you know, and they said they're going to do another Hawkeye series. I was like, "Oh, cool, Hawkeye series. Got to watch that." Just like I said, "Oh, cool, Loki series. Got to watch that." <laughs> but then I saw the trailer and now it's like this series looks really Good. Like I I I have to watch this now. I mean I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, I mean I saw it and I was very interested, like like super interested. My brother had watched it and he was like, nah, I'm good. I'll pass. I'll wait until it's over. I'm like, damn, really? Like I've heard a lot of I've heard more mixed opinions on this trailer than anything else. Which is crazy. Hmm. You know, it's super I'm gonna look at it. Yeah, yeah. You should check it out. Check it out. But are you checking it out now or Yes. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. Um Yeah, a lot of fraction, a lot of Aya. Um It looks like a lot of fun and I really like the Christmas setting. I really really like that cuz cuz I would definitely like I had this idea a couple years ago that I think that Marvel Studios like if we see a character who if we see characters and they have a relationship progress, we should definitely see them like get married and we should definitely have, like they used to have these, these big wedding issues. We should have a, a wedding movie. That's specifically a Marvel studios thing. And, and I think if it's uh, Peter and MJ or it could have been Tony and Pepper, whose wedding we saw, like they could do somebody, but I definitely think that we should get a wedding movie. Because I think that like this type of stuff is is what's is what will keep the franchise fresh. Like right. we, we're doing a little Christmas thing here. Then I heard they got a Halloween special. I'm like, all right, cool. Like Werewolf by Night. Let's do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. So I, I would definitely want to see more more type of stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I think it would be interesting. Um, they they hint in the Hawkeye trailer at how he you know was supposed to be spending christmas with his family he sends them away to be with his hawkeye family so like that's an interesting dynamic that they're setting up um, i just i really am excited to see where they go with this
0: yeah very very and i like jeremy renner as an actor um, so do i i've been iffy on him as hawkeye because i don't think they give him given him enough material i don't think i think that's what the issue is aside from I would say Age of Ultron and Endgame, you really don't get a lot with that character. And now now that they want to explore him, um, because that was something that I always wondered. Like, alright, I know him and Kate in the apartment building, but this version of Hawkeye has a family. So how do you mm-hmm. get him away from his family for him to be in that apartment building? And it, it seems like they're framing it, he's investigating something. Leads to this, so well, and I love that they introduced Kate by having her in their Ronin costume. So cool, like, that's awesome! <laughs> so cool, that is dope. Yeah, that's that's really cool. That's really cool. And she's a young Avenger, so that means yeah. they're coming, <laughs> they're coming. That's got me excited. I'm, I'm super excited about this Hawkeye project. Um, November 21st, I think they said, no, not 21st, 24th. Probably right around Thanksgiving. That would make sense. Yeah, yeah, it's it's right around Thanksgiving, twenty fourth. Yeah, so it'll be here. Uh, so exactly two months from now. Damn, exactly two months from now, and within those two months, the Eternals' love came came out. Um, will be in. Well, it ended. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be in the final week of. Doom Patrol Season 3 um, Damn. What If will be over Titan Season 3 will be over Apple TV has a new show called Foundation Coming out that looks pretty interesting Uh, But as far as Superhero stuff yeah we got a lot going on These next like these next 100 days are like Insane Like, there's all of this stuff, and then there's uh, No Way Home. And then within that is Peacemaker and and all types of stuff. This is is crazy. Who would have ever thought
1: it would get this big this fast? I mean, because even if you think 10 years since MCU started, I mean, still, I never would have thought it would be this mainstream.
0: No. Not at all. Like, I mean, it moves the needle in pop culture. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's it's I think it's Marvel Stadium in Australia, in Melbourne. Like hmm. it's it's crazy. Yeah. Like it's 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 taking over. It's taking over. Like, bro well, you done on that. Oh, you watched it just now?
2: Oh, yeah. OK. That was easy.
0: Nice. Nice. So so you're with it.
1: I'm totally on board.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Clint's even got the hearing aid, so he might be going deaf.
1: That's a good pickup. I didn't notice uh, that.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean I I've done watch that trailer probably forty, fifty times already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, keeping his train running. All right. Uh in January, spinning out of the pages of House of X, we have Sabretooth number one coming from Victor Lavelle. Leonard Kirk in Rain Burrito. This is after Inferno. This seems to be on Krakoa. I'm excited. I don't I mean I Sabretooth is a character that for me personally, he's uh I would say he's similar to Venom, except he's more it's more personal with him. Um so he's somebody that, it, for me, it really depends on who's handling the character, on how I feel about the character. And Victor Lavelle, after reading Eve, after reading Forest Sector, um, I'm interested to see what Victor Lavelle does with this character. Very interested. And it seems like it's in Krakoa, and as long as it ain't in that fucking mansion, I'm I'm all for it. <laughs> so, so,
1: I think Sabretooth is long overdue. Um, he was too good a character to just be banished in a hole for two years or three, however long it's been. Um, and I hope that when they bring him out, it's not the kindler gentler Sabretooth that we've seen multiple versions of. Um, after being the mutant outcast of society, I want him ripping people's heads off.
0: I mean, the cover of that number one looks like this is not a kind, cuddly saber-tooth. Good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. like shit is on fire. I agree
2: with everything you guys are saying. But I also really want to see him just being able to keep it cool to enjoy Krokoa for a minute. Because you know he's going to fuck it up for himself sooner or later. I would like to see him, like Apocalypse got a chance to really like interact with the other characters and Wolverine drinking with Magneto was one of the coolest moments of the Grakoa era for me. And and then he revealed that he peed in Magneto's helmet when he borrowed it.
0: That's pretty disgusting, but I mean. (laughs) (laughs)
2: But like, what a wild story. That's why I think that everybody you guys mentioned was totally applicable but people that, in my opinion, would be part of the conversation would be guys like Jerry Dugan and Benjamin Percy. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. I, I, the only thing that I think of is, like, if you're, if you're Victor Creed, you know, if you are Sabretooth, how do you justify that they let Apocalypse be on the Quiet Council, but you had to go in the hole? Exactly. <laughs> like, I would burn Krakoa to the ground if I was Sabretooth, and I wouldn't feel bad about it. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, I, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Apocalypse is pretty much as bad as it gets. And Sinister's on the fucking Quiet Council as well. Yeah. It's like, come on, bro. Like these dudes are horrible. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a mindless killer, though. Like that's what they can say. Like Sinister did
2: a Morlock massacre, and he brought about a demon invasion from Limbo.
0: Yeah, he's horrible. Yeah, but he gets passed. He, <laughs> he dresses well. <laughs> it's, it's the cake. That's what it is. It's the cape and the red boots. That's what it is. <laughs> Sinister's a trip, man. Sinister's a trip. Uh, uh, I'm gonna miss when Hellions is over. Goodness. Me too, because it's like the last. It's great. It's the last good X book. Um, damn. Uh, mm. Next bit of news. Force Night- is still good. X Force. X Force is is. X-Forces are.
2: X-Men has potential.
0: X-Men
1: does have potential. I thought it would have more than that.
0: Oh, sword. But I'm not giving up on it yet. Sword. Sword is still around. Sword is
1: good. I like sword.
0: Sword is still around. All right. uh, Nightwing 87, according to Bruno Redondo and Tom Taylor, is going to be one continuous image the entire issue. It's just going to be, um, I guess a big ass poster, you know, I'm super looking forward to it. I think this is super cool. Uh, this Nightwing run from Tom Taylor, who is probably the second greatest writer on the planet right now. Um, I think that, that this is a super cool idea. It just makes the run that he's doing more innovative and just more fucking dope. Like, this this is this is insane. Um, I know we've all been enjoying Nightwing since Tom Taylor has taken over. Um, we've In all been art and writing. Yes, And yes. Yes, for Bruno Redondo, definitely. <laughs> um, we've been enjoying Tom Taylor. We've been enjoying Tom Taylor. Period. You know, but um, but this one continuous image thing. This is something interesting. This is something that, as far as I'm aware of, has never been done before. So not
1: to this extent. I mean. I've liked this concept going back to the days of um, Gene Colan used to do it on Daredevil, but he would do it for like two pages that would show Daredevil going through a, a, a an arc. But to do a whole book like that, that's impressive. I completely
2: agree. But while staying on the topic of Tom Taylor, are you guys up to date on Batman the Detective by Tom Taylor and Andy Kubert?
1: Yes, I just read the last issue yesterday.
2: I
0: have not read the last issue.
2: It's one of my favorite Batman stories that are going on right now. Not only is it Tom Taylor, it's Andy Kubert. And to see Andy Kubert and Adam Kubert working on Batman and Wolverine, like, this is all I hoped for. Like, they, they are so good at what they do with
0: those characters. So this is
2: a very enjoyable book for me.
0: Yeah, your love for the Cuba Brothers is well documented.
2: And Tom Taylor's doing a great job on both Nightwing and Batman the Detective.
1: Yeah. He also may be one of the nicest creators ever in the history of comics who will go out of his way to answer anything that you post uh, on his page. Um, Awesome. Super nice guy.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's always communicating on Twitter and retweeting and commenting and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Tom Taylor, he scores very high with us on this show. And it's, it's it's only a matter of time before we have him on the show for a full interview. Um, Gentlemen,
2: breaking news. While on the topic of creators that respond and that are like legends, sadly, I read just just last night that Walton Wheezy Simonson will not be at Baltimore Comic Con. Oh, that's...
1: Disappointing Damn.
2: due to COVID concerns, which are legitimate.
0: Damn, that sucks. That sucks. It
2: does suck, but Baltimore Comic Con is still stacked with Joe Quesada, Tom King, Frank Cho. Um, the list is ridiculous. Brian, is- Michael Brian Michael Bendis is over there.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's going to be a great time still. Definitely still. Um, Um,
2: Did you guys get your tickets yet?
0: Yes.
1: I have not. I have not. I better get on that though, because it's going to be selling out. Saturday.
0: Saturday. Saturday. So, proceeding. And a solicitation for December, Justice League 2021 annual number one written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Sanford Green is going to be featuring the Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes. Um, I mean, I have mixed feelings on this. Uh, You know, what? I don't have mixed feelings on this. I don't really care for Bendis' Justice League. And I didn't really care for his Legion of Superheroes. So, uh, aside from Wonder Woman coming back from wherever the hell she's been, um, I really am not looking forward to this. I'm going to read it um, when it comes out digitally. But, eh, this is mid for me.
1: Yeah, I mean... Bendis is, he has a thing for Legion of Superheroes. Um, well known. That's one of those books he loves to write. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that he writes it all that well. Um, I've liked some of his stories that he's told. Others that I have not cared for much at all. And we all know my feelings on the current justice league run. So I won't go there again, <laughs> but I am still kind of looking forward to, to, especially if it goes beyond the annual. I mean, I think if you're going to do a justice league versus Legion of superheroes, you can't tell that story in, you know, 30 pages. It has to be longer. And I my hope is that um, with Infinite Frontier ending and Darkseid talking about the Great Darkness, which happened to be one of the greatest Legion of Superhero stories ever told, uh, that somehow this all ties in. That's, that's my geek theory.
0: That's my geek dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, uh, yeah. Um, goodness. Infinite Frontier. Alright, um, I'm not talking about it this week, or you're not talking about this week, right, Eric? No,
1: no, I am not.
0: Okay, um, I'm probably gonna talk about it next week because I think the only issues we haven't discussed are five and six. Yep, and I think, and we probably would have if we were recording. This yeah. Week's. So I'm thinking next week we should definitely just talk about Infinite Frontier, um, just to touch on it because it, it was. I mean, I I'm excited to see. I'm excited for the possibilities of it. I don't know if I trust DC though. Yeah, I, I'm, there is that. You know, like that's, that's where I'm at with it.
1: If they actually make Obsidian a cool character again, I will be totally on board with that. Um, when they originally created Jade and Obsidian, I thought he was awesome. I loved his costume. I loved his powers. Then they turned him into this schizo who's out to just destroy the world, um, and the character has really bounced around and had no rudder um, for a did long he, time. Did he debut in Zero Hour? No, he actually debuted way back in um, Infinity Incorporated, which was a spin-off that um, Roy Thomas and... Um, Jerry Ordway did off of the um Justice Society. The goat? Yes. One of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Every time I hear Roy Thomas, all all of this, that's, that's the goat right there. All right. Uh goodness, goodness. More news. We got so much fucking news. This is crazy. There's a lot of news. It's a lot of news. Well, don't record for a month
1: and the news builds up. This
0: is what happens. This is what happens. So, starting in December, World of Krypton. Krypton, as Marlon Brando would say. It's, it details the final days of Superman's birth planet, focusing on Jor-El, written by Robert Venditti, illustrated by Michael A. Von Oming. Um, it's, it's basically about jor in the last days. We've uh, seen a couple preview images for the issue. And uh, I'm going to give it a read, honestly. Um, I like modern, modernizations of origin stories. Uh, even though origin stories, you can get beaten, beat over the head with them. I like these, these, these modernizations because it gives the filmmakers an idea of what to do or how to do something correctly. So until they do it correctly, I'm all for them doing it over in comics, you know, but once they get it right in film, don't ever do it again in the comic. That's that's pretty (laughs) much how I feel about it. You know, so, uh, I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to pick up the first issue. If it's good, I'll keep reading it. If not, I'm going to wait until it's on DC universe infinite. Uh, Eric, what do you think about this one? Yeah.
1: I hope that they can tell a compelling story. Um, just realize that again I am speaking with the wisdom of ages. You know, even if they focus on Jorel, they've told Jorel stories before. We all know about his conflict with the science council. We all know about Zod and you know the the guys that get sent to the Phantom Zone. So they're gonna need to come up with something other than a way to fill pages before the planet explodes, um, I hope that they can do it. I'm I'm giving them the the rope. I just hope I, that they don't hang me with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, Enrique, what you think?
2: Eric, do you remember around the time of uh, our worlds at war and Emperor Joker? At one point, they did a Ed mcginnish drawn story of Superman returning to Krypton and, like, going on an adventure with father and mother?
1: Yes, I do.
2: That was one of my favorite... Before
1: Krypton returned to Earth.
2: (laughs) Right, right before the bottle city of Kandor um, came out of the bottle. Right. I feel like they got rid of that prematurely, sooner than they should have. There was a lot
1: of potential there. I mean, I think that... The reason they didn't do more with it back then is back then they were trying to maintain continuity. If they would have done it today in today's DC, you could have carried that thing on for years.
2: Yeah, but wasn't that around the time of the New 52?
1: It was before it, but... Right. You know, at least they were trying to stay in continuity back then. You know, it's not this free-for-all, tell whatever story you want, Wild yeah. West, that we have now. Okay.
0: anything
2: um, else? I'm not a fan of that. I like a clear, tight continuity.
1: Yeah, I, I can't tell you how um, tired I am of talking to Daryl about storylines and saying, but which character is this? Is this from Earth 1, or 2, or 65? Which Which one is it? Yeah, and right. they, like, it doesn't matter. They're just telling a story. Nobody cares. No. Yeah.
0: Is that what we think this is? This word of Krypton? Is this a, uh, see, I think I'm Marlon Brando now. Is that what you <laughs> think this is? Is this uh, just a different universe? or I mean, I don't, know. I don't know. This could be the ultimate universe for DC.
1: Could be. You know.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's talk about uh, something that is in-universe in DC, starting in January, penned by current Detective Comics scribe Mariko Tamaki, illustrated by Ivan Reese, Danny Mickey, Max Raynor, Amaki Neopan, Uh, and Jordy Belair who colors like everything Uh, we have a 12 issue 12 week series Shadow of the Bat that's going to focus on Arkham Tower a new facility in downtown Gotham that's designed to hold Batman villains since Bruce won't be in Gotham Uh, this this 12 issue 12 week series kicks off Uh, what do we think are we anticipating this excited about it it seems like it's going to follow Fear state is going to follow Joshua Williamson's four issue arc, and then we're going into this. You know, so I kind of think that this is going to be the primer for the next step in Batman books.
1: Well, I just think if you couldn't hold the psychopaths in an asylum, and you couldn't hold them when you turned Wayne Manor into the asylum, what makes you think? Condo and downtown Gotham's a good idea, right? Right. That being said, I will still read the twelve issue weekly series and <laughs> hope for the best.
0: Yeah, at the end of the day, I'm still going to read it too.
2: But I mean, I'm not going to be reading is that Batman of the of the world of the different countries.
1: Oh no, me either. Sorry.
0: I, oh, that came out like last week.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I have no interest in
0: that. Yeah. what do you think about Shadow of the Bat?
2: What's the premise again? of Shadow of the Bat?
0: Gotham Tower. Um, Gotham Tower. Twelve issues, twelve weeks. Bruce isn't in, in Gotham. All the villains are. Yeah.
2: Bruce is not in Gotham.
0: No, no. That's that's what I thought was happening at the end of Fear State. Bruce was leaving. It is. He's
1: not. He's not dying, but he's leaving the city.
0: Yeah. Like in is Titans.
2: Ghostmaker going to take over, or is the the Bat Family taking the city? Probably
1: both.
0: Yeah. Bruce is going to go to a castle in Scotland and try to try to burn it down while he's still in it. Like in the, <laughs> like in the latest episode of Titans.
2: Man, I'm like two issue, two or three episodes behind Titans.
0: Uh, part of and my spoiler. Don't-
2: if they don't show Bruce Wayne in costume, I'm gonna lose my shit. What? Like can I only afford a suit that's like with the with the open chest so you can see the chest hair? Like I rock it when I when I go out sometimes. Yeah. Like I want a bat costume. You show the Batmobile, you showed everything else, like enough already, do it.
0: Well, I mean he's trying to kill himself right now, so you know, we'll see what happens. Uh Cute. But Shadows of the Bat, are you excited? Or are you not excited? What you think about it?
2: It sounds interesting.
0: Yeah. But I mean, again,
2: like Eric said, it's a number four. Huh? When 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 Dick Grayson went to college, Bruce Wayne went to live in in a tower now. Uh who was it? James Tynion miraculously put him in a in a in an apartment in the city. It's I I want more original ideas. I'm not too excited about it,
1: but I'll I'll read it. I just hope they don't use the same tower Bruce lived in back in the day because that had a big tree growing up through the middle of it and that seems tailor made for poison ivy to just bust the whole thing wide open. Gee, I wonder how she got in here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of ivy, I'm super interested to see like what Tanyin's whole angle is with her. Um I I'm I'm, I'm We'll talk about that later. We'll get into. Did you guys read the most recent issue of Fear State? Yep, we're going to talk about that all later. We'll so talk about books. It. <laughs> all right. Let's. The next bit of news is um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Al Ewing's Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I would say a really, really, really good run. Great run. Um, has been uh, canceled after 18 issues. Uh, they announced this the day issue 18 came out. Um, I enjoyed Guardians, even though I haven't read the last couple ones because I'm going to read The Last Annihilation together. Uh, But I think this kind of sucks, but I kind of think they had bigger plans for Al Ewing out there. So I think that this is a, uh, a necessary sacrifice. Uh, Enrique, I know you were collecting Guardians. You would collect like the last two volumes of Guardians. So, what do you think? I collected
2: maybe the last three or four, actually. Really? I've I've been a big fan of Guardians. I've been following this current team of Guardians of the Galaxy. um, You've been collecting since Bendis? Since Annihilation.
0: Okay, okay.
2: Which is long before Bendis.
0: Word.
2: Eric probably has, too. I have, with some uh, gaps in there, but for the most part. Bendis had a wonderful run on Guardians of the Galaxy. My issues with Bendis are his exit on Iron Man and X-Men that really um, I didn't feel were necessary. His contract
1: entity jumped to DC. Yeah,
2: True. Sure. But I, I enjoyed the Al Ewing, um, Gardens of the Galaxy. I, I thought it was a great team, great cast, great squad. Um, but Marvel has other
1: projects in, in store for Al Ewing. Yeah, I felt that there was so much more that they could have done with it um, that I was really sorry to see it end, especially so abruptly. Like, there wasn't even a, you know, thanks, you know, a little um, blurb in the letter page of everybody saying goodbye. There was just nothing. It was see at the bar, goodbye. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of abrupt. I'm sure that they are clearing Yale Ewing's slate for something because all of his titles are ending. So something has to be coming next.
0: Yeah, something has to be coming because like, it kind of upsets me that it's clear he's the architect of the cosmic section of the mm-hmm. universe at the moment. And like, Sword is cosmic for, for the mutants, sure. You know, but for the entire universe who's out there all the time, you know, that's the Guardians. You know, they don't have ties to Earth like 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 Abigail does. Abigail is protecting Earth. You know, she makes it very clear, you know, that, that this is her sector. You know, so for Al Ewing to be taken off a book that has a wider scope to kind of be scaled back a little bit, uh, I'm a little concerned. You know, unless they're about to just be like, oh, starting in February... Al Ewing is writing Marvel cosmic like number one, but like he's, he's given the keys to the entire thing. So this was, uh, this was, this was tough because I very much enjoy Al Ewing's writing, especially since mortal Hulk and sword and, and, and guardians. And even before that, the ultimates, which I think I've mentioned here before,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know, so, um, they, they better have something for my boy up their sleeves.
1: Yeah, honestly, I can't think of any series that ALU has written that I haven't enjoyed, even, like, those weird Avengers titles that they put out, um, U.S. Avengers, oh, and then all that stuff. But they they were, like, I, I didn't necessarily think all that much of them when i was reading them at the time but i went back and read them as a whole and they really stand together so well um everything that he's ever written does um so i I just need to see him on something
0: yeah he's gotta jump on something he's too talented for his only gig to be sore going forward it's it's there's got to be more to it it's gotta be gotta be all right uh Is Brian Michael Bendis the next writer on Batman in light of this four-issue arc by Joshua Williamson being announced and this 12-issue, 12-week arc run by Mariko Tamaki? uh, Is is, uh, Brian Michael Bendis going to be the next writer on Batman? Uh, Enrique, let's start with you.
2: Thing. I think if it's not him now It will be eventually I think that he definitely has a Batman
0: story to tell um, Does he have oh, a good Batman story to tell? Well, that's, that's the question
2: <laughs> so, um, That's right. Justice League disappointed us a little bit Superman disappointed us for several reasons A little bit? A lot of it Introdu- uh,
0: You stopped collecting Justice League
2: Oh, I stopped. Before I did, I stopped collecting Justice League, and I stopped Superman. And before I was on board because I really did enjoy Brian Michael Bendis' Man of Steel with Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, which was so huge that that legend came out for that story. Um, but since then, things have been hit or miss. I enjoyed Event Leviathan, and I enjoyed his Young Justice run, but. I'm hoping that he has a good Batman story up his sleeve for DC. What about, what about you, Eric? What do you think
1: about Bendis on Batman? I'm a little torn. Um, I, Bendis is, has produced so much good stuff in the past that I think he probably do a great job on a Batman story. Um, uh, it's just that his his most recent stuff has been kind of scattershot and so now i'm a little concerned maybe if they um, make um, put him on the new Batman you know so then um, he can discover some way to get steel hard skin and then you uh, could he could bring the Luke Cage thing back, um, in DC, that might be better, but uh, I'm, I'm just not sure. Uh, I'm very torn.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm torn. And it's mainly because Ben, this is a big name, right? Huge name. He's, he's, uh, I would say he, he is the architect for the modern Marvel universe Yes. you know, I, w- I would say that everything we see in the MCU, a lot of it especially with Spider-Man, it comes from Brian Michael Bendis um, I think the issue is DC should have let Brian Michael Bendis steer the universe as opposed to just giving him stories to do like they should have let him be in control of the overall narrative of all of these characters because when you give him something small to do, it doesn't seem like he really like it's 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 the nuances, it seems like he can't nail. He can't really do anything compelling because it seems like he doesn't want to step on toes. He It kind of feels like he's restricted. So I feel like he's definitely the type of writer that oh, if he's writing Justice League then the entire universe revolves around his justice league you write your batman book but it's based on what's happening in this justice league you write your superman book based on what's happening here you know mm-hmm. and i think that that's where his strengths lie and i think with dc with them being so uh insecure pretty much that they don't want to just hand him the keys like that which i think is idiotic of them but like that's that's the vibe i get so if he's the next batman writer after this whole shadows of the bat thing i hope it's to be like batman is the center of the dc universe everything that batman does matters and going forward we're going to revolve around him similar to how and i hate to say this the mcu revolves around robert downey jr's tony stark you know, if they do something like that coming out of the Shadows of the Bat, I'm all for it because I, I think he's that type of guy that that it could be something interesting going forward. Fuck it. It could be something great going
1: forward. Mm-hmm. And Batman should be that central in a DC universe. Definitely.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Because it's not Superman. You know, as, as much as they wanted it to be in the beginning... And probably still want it to be. It just isn't. It's 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 Bruce. He he always has been that. His his supporting cast probably experiences the most growth and, and and evolution than any other characters supporting cast. Uh, yeah, this dude's going through a whole bunch of Robins, and yeah. So so Bruce should definitely be the center of it. So I'm hoping. That, that he is taking over after Josh Williamson and all this stuff, but we'll see what happens. All right. Um, Hickman has abandoned X-Men projects that let uh, apparently he's willing to just spill the beans on. Um, so, so, uh, what do we think about some of these projects? One was a rogue story that was going to spin out of Inferno. Um, do we think, okay, question. Last year, Hickman, he spoke about um, Giant Size, I can't remember which issue it was, but the one, it may have been number one, actually, Gene and Emma, where they go inside a storm and they find out that she has that disease or whatever. And he said that you're gonna know next year have the Storm-specific storyline. Like, do you think that we're in the middle of that now, or is that something that he possibly abandoned?
1: I think that all of that was abandoned. Okay. I mean, that's just my feeling, that once, in order to get to those stories that he was kind of previewing, you had to move out of phase one into phase two. And I don't think that they ever did that the way he wanted it to. Damn. So they may have taken pieces of what his plans were and thrown them in because, you know, let's face it, having Storm be the regent of the entire solar system, that's a pretty big development. So maybe that was part of his plan, but I don't think we're in the same world as House of X or X. Yeah, House of Facts and Powers of Ten set up.
0: Yeah, damn. Damn, damn. All these new revelations just make me sadder and sadder. Um, <laughs> damn. Uh, so, Hickman's just talking about abandoned X projects. Um, it's not really much to talk about. It's just a bunch of what-ifs. Uh, he hasn't given us anything concrete. He pretty much just alludes to a few things here and there. But it's nothing... That I think is super, super, super worth talking about. But um, what's definitely worth talking about is Steve Dicko's estate wanting the rights to, the copyrights to Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and then Marvel in retaliation, I guess, uh, levying lawsuits at the Dicco estate and people that want Iron Man and Black Widow and whoever else you can name there, there it's, it's, it's a war for the characters in Marvel stable right now. And, um, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. Like this just happened this morning. So, I mean, I don't know what it is. Is the Dicko estate not happy with their $500 and tickets to far from home? Um, do they want more, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy right now. It's crazy. Super, um, I mean, I think it's kind of entertaining, but I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's, this is just the latest chapter in a long, long, long story of, uh, these companies fucking over creators pretty much, you know, but what do you guys think about it?
2: I think the Dicko state wants it to be in on ink before every appearance of Spider-Man that he was co-created by Steve Dicko.
1: Yeah. If that's all that they want, fine, give it to them. They do that for Superman. Who cares? But if there's more than that, if there's, you know, um, they want money, (laughs) if they want to have creative control, then I'm not into that. Because if you read the first article that came out this morning, it said that Marvel could continue to use the characters in the movies and in comics, but there were certain elements of the character that the Ditko state would have control of, like the costume, the name, Peter Parker, the shooting webs, casting spells. Um, (laughs) It was like basically anything that made the character Spider-Man or Dr. Strange, they would have control over. So, wow. Uh, what would that get them? You, you could have them standing still.
2: Yeah, yeah, be <laughs> surprised.
0: You could have a dude standing there with a camera taking pictures, and you'd be like, "Oh, that must <laughs> be Spider-Man." <laughs> Peter, their,
2: <laughs> their hands are behind their backs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this shit is wild. This is wild. This is uh, I mean, they're gonna send out a of- yeah, I mean, but could you imagine, like, all right, let's say the Ditko estate won. Could you imagine, like, all right, I'm getting Amazing Spider-Man seventy five, and then the next book I get, it's like uh, Amazing Arachnid Dude number seventy six. You know, like he got to wear that costume that he wore with the the paper bag and the Fantastic Four uniform. (laughs) I'm getting physician odd number 10. It's like, what the hell is this? It's, it's, it's wow. It's, I mean, I mean, I don't think, you know, in the universe that we live in, that these estates are going to win because, you know, Disney, the mouse Mickey has the best lawyers in this universe. Uh, So I don't think this is going to, Gain any traction,
1: you know. All that I can say is, if the Ditko estate wins somehow, then get your stopwatches out because it's going to be nanoseconds
0: before the Kirby estate sues, and then they won't be able to use anything. Yeah, right. Who? Goodness gracious, Kevin Feige sweating bullets right now. <laughs> goodness. <laughs> All right, we have finally reached the end of the news. All right, Uh, let's take a short break. When we come back, um, we're going to talk about what everyone comes here for besides the bros and these brews. We're going to talk about these books. So we'll be right back. There's something for every imagination at your local comic shop. Visit ComicShopLocator.com to find a store near you. All right, we're back after probably the longest break ever. Uh, Gentlemen, how we doing? Doing wonderful. Good. Living the dream quite well. Nice, nice. We're still hanging in there. All right. After talking about the news for about an hour and 15 minutes, um, Eric... I don't know about you, but I think I need a little bit of cowbell.
2: We need more cowbell. The world can never have too much cowbell.
0: All right, so once the cowbell comes in, you know what that means. It's the comics of the week where we talk about our favorite books from the last seven days. Uh, In this case, it's going to be a little bit longer than the last seven days, as we're uh, dabbling in a couple of things since it's been a while since you've heard from us. Uh, So who wants to start off? Uh, Enrique. What's your uh, book?
2: Well, a lot has changed since we've last spoken to you guys. I've grown a beard and some huge <laughs>
0: comics that we've been waiting for. We've been really <laughs> jazzed about. All this happened uh, in the okay, spirit yeah. of the break that we just took. <laughs> right. Daryl feels like, at least a week. week. <laughs> at least a week. Eric, Eric shaved his beard. <laughs> so
2: much has changed.
1: Um but yeah well. Shaved the my- beard, but I kept the horns.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah to, to kick things off, um I gotta say that Joker by James Tanya as the writer. Uh the name of the artist is uh gentleman... By the name, I see March, and I want to say Lincoln March. Does That's definitely fast. not. <laughs> not Lincoln March. Eric, who's Lincoln March? Uh, I know it's a character. Lincoln. Is, that the, is that the calendar man? Lincoln
0: March? No. Wait, who's Lincoln March? Lincoln March is Bruce Wayne's proposed brother. Right. Gulliam March. He's
2: the artist on Joker. James Tynion wrote it. Um, the fourth. It's great right, James Tynion, the fourth. Well it just says Tynion on this True. So he's changed the way he's uh, Represented on his the prof- covers His professional writing name Right I want to say on Detective He would put the 1V the yes. After Tynion But this is a surprising Book that I'm enjoying Let alone putting in my top 3 and It's basically just a Jim Gordon story It might as well be called Jim Gordon like, Jim Gordon, I don't even think Joker was seen at all in this issue. Eric, was he even
1: I'm him? trying to think. If, if he was, it was just in, like, one little flashback scene. I I don't think he okay. did anything significant.
2: Okay. So it, it's not too surprising, though, that we didn't see him because, this is like we said, basically it's a, a Jim Gordon story. Um, Julia Pennyworth shows up in Santa Prisca, which is the... Location that Bane was born and raised in, the prison. I want to say Santa Prisca was created by Denny O'Neill. Sounds So Yeah. So it was cool to see Julia Pennyworth involved. It was cool to see uh, Oracle and the two Batgirls, Cassandra Kane and Stephanie Brown, uh, both using the name Batgirl. I thought that was cool. But,
1: yeah, I enjoyed Joker. Yeah, I, I have really been enjoying that series quite a bit. Um, it's a wordy book, so it's not something that I can sit down and breeze through in you know five minutes. Um, right. You, you really have to be able to concentrate on it. Um, I think that's one of the things that makes um, Tanyan such a remarkable writer is that he's able to tell those stories that require you to put forth more effort but he makes it worth putting in the effort, so you want to do it, yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this ends up. I think there's only a couple more issues until his um storyline ends right i'm I'm interested I'm invested, and I didn't think
2: like I never thought that I would enjoy Joker, but the way you guys described it, you guys got me on board with Joker, and i I'm loving it. It's a great like I said in my opinion, it's a great jim Gordon story
0: yeah it's a it's a great Jim Gordon story, and I think it's going to be running until like March or April until whenever uh, Tanyan's contract with DC is up, it's gonna be coming out every month. So this is probably gonna be like a, a ten, twelve issue series. Right. You know, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really good. I, I'm I'm super super looking forward to seeing how this all continues on. Like, admittedly, I haven't read issue seven yet, but this is definitely a book that I've been following. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't say enough good things. I mean, you all know how I feel about. James <laughs> Uh Your favorite writer, my favorite writer um, But yeah I'm, I'm super looking forward to, to The way this all continues on um, Yeah Now the Batgirls that you mentioned Stephanie Brown and Cassandra Cain I know that they have a book that's spinning out I think in either December or January I'll I think of like,
2: issue one
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I mean I'm gonna check it out You know, um, I know the solicitations Just came out I think last Wednesday and I had flicked through them a little bit, and um, I, I think that that's one of the books that's coming out. And I think it's just the two of them, Batgirls, you know. So I'm I'm super interested in that. I wonder if Barbara's going to be involved.
2: Yeah, know? it would be logical. It's like Barbara directs them where to go and what to do.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I'm. I'm I mean, it's one of the things in DC that like I'm really jazzed. you know, there's a couple things in DC. You know, after I looked at the, the solicitations for January, I'm hyped for what's happening with DC. I, okay. I uh, Infinite Frontier had me a little jazzed to see, you know, what's mm-hmm. coming up next. I want to follow those characters. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, Eric, you want to go next or you want me to go next? Sure. No, I'll I'm go next. next. Um,
1: the first book I'm going to talk about, it actually came out last week. Um, is Maw, number one. Um, it's a Boom Studios book. It's written by, and this is interesting, because I don't know if this is this person's full name. It's I, I seem to recall a writer by the name of Jude Ellison uh-huh. in the past, but this is Jude Ellison S. Doyle. So I don't know if that's two people stuck together or if that's his whole name. That's whole name. <laughs> That's an alias. <laughs> um, could be good name. Yeah, and then it's drawn by A.L. Kaplan, who I really don't know much about. But um, last, uh, Daryl was talking about some uh, movies and stuff that come out around Halloween, and you just got to get into the, the spirit of it. This is one of those kinds of books. Right. Um, it's also like a female empowerment kind of story. Um, it doesn't... The first issue doesn't reveal all that much. It just kind of really sets the stage. Um, But it introduces um, the two main characters, uh, both women, friends. Um, One of them has been recently raped. Um, And so she is very kind of angry and bitter with the world. Yeah. So they go to this retreat women's empowerment retreat that the other friend knew the woman that's running it so they go there um, the, the girl that has been raped decides that like she's, she's angry and she doesn't want to get into any of the touchy feely things so she pays a guy to take her to the local bar when she goes in the bar she gets drugged And raped again, (laughs) so it's it's not a happy book. Um, But then she goes back to the group, and they're they're doing this process where they envision their abusers and how like what they would like to happen to them. And they kind of project all of this negative energy and then give it to this tree to kind of let it go. Well, it seems like this main character did the envisioning part but then didn't let it go. So this malignant spirit winds up taking over her body and she goes out and gets bloody revenge on the people that have wronged her. Um, But she doesn't quite know what's happening. Like she blacks out and then she comes to and she's covered in blood. And so it's, it's a, some Jekyll and and
0: Hyde shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's really well written. Um, For a first issue. I really enjoyed it. Did the cover get you or did you know this was coming out? No. um, It's, I would say the cover got me. It's black and white. Um, and it has this kind of creature from the black lagoonish looking figure on the front. Um, so that's what originally grabbed me. And I said, Oh, it's a number one. So I can start right from the beginning.
0: Okay. Damn. Damn. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds like <laughs> right up my alley. And, and I can't believe that I missed that at the show. <laughs> I like
2: the way you discovered it. I thought that was cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah that sounds dope. Um, Damn, I'm so mad that I missed that. I'm going to have to check that out. I'm definitely going to have to see I think you should. It's good. It's worth it. Nice, nice. That sounds interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. Wow. All right. Um, I'm going to go next. And usually I'm like long-winded when I talk about these things, but I don't have much right now because I'm talking about a book called Primordial, number one written by Jeff Lemire, art by Andrea Sorrentino. If you're into conspiracy theories, political thrillers, if you're into uh, Cold War things, you should definitely check this book out. Uh, it, 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 I can't go into it without like touching on spoilers. So I, this is going to be like the shortest review I've ever done. <laughs> like, like if you're into shorter than seven secrets there well, are these seven secrets i can't tell you what they are <laughs> we're shorter than seven secrets i can't tell you anything about this book i think that it's we're only on number one if your shop has it pick it up read it if you're interested if, if you like um uh, uh uh if you like the department of truth By James Tynion IV. He's writing that right now. If you're into that stuff, if you're into, as I said before, conspiracies, Cold War stuff, stuff that happens behind the scenes, Illuminati type stuff, check out Primordi. You know, I highly recommend it. Madness to my list. Yeah, yeah. If uh, Nice House on the Lake was my favorite single issue, single number one, probably my favorite single issue of the entire year. This is probably number two. It's, I think it's that good. It's incredible. It's only going to be six issues and Jeff Lemire has got me locked. So um, yeah, check out Primordial. That's, that's all I got on this one. I can't say too much, but check it out. Okay. And I knew this was coming out. That's how I stumbled upon this one. This wasn't the cover. Didn't get me. I, I, uh, Becca from Level Up, our LCS local comic shop, she, uh, actually had mentioned this in one of the emails. So I was like, you know what? Let me check out Primordial. And, um, well worth it. Well worth it. Uh, Eric, you got another one for us?
1: I do. One more from last week. Um, And if we want to touch on the week before, we can. But um, Fantastic 436 um, by Dan Slott and Nico Leone. Um, Fantastic 435, that came out the preceding week, was a big multi creator extravaganza it oh, yeah. oh, costs yeah. like 10 bucks um but was i thought very well done oh, um
0: i loved it it's got yeah. the villain of the month in there and that's mm. my guy so <laughs> you know i love the time terrorist kang so but
1: 36 picks up on the events that had happened before that with the whole wedding of doom and johnny storm being trapped in his fiery form um And it really brings the Fantastic Four back to, I hate to say this, but back to Earth, back to being a family that are trying to figure out this problem together. And there's so many good character moments in it. Um, I had talked um, when we talked about the wedding of doom that hope, Hopefully, now that Johnny Storm was stuck in on fire, we would see the last of the wisecracking Johnny Storm um, terrorizing Ben Grimm. Um, and in here, their roles are really reversed very well. Um, I thought that was great as well. So you know, that. Johnny's all broken up about how he can't eat or he can't be around people and um, – Ben's like, if there's one thing that I have learned, um, it's just because you're a monster doesn't give you the right to be a jerk. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
1: and and I, I just really liked it. I also really liked the resolution of the Sky storyline. Um, was,
0: that, was that her name? Sky. Yeah. Sky yeah. from
2: the uh, planet that uh, was from the first arc, I
0: believe. Yes. Or the second. No, no, yeah. point, Points of Origin. That's the planet that it, it, they, she's from the planet. They were supposed to go to before, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Before they got hit with a cosmic rage.
1: Yeah. So. And, and she's supposed to be Johnny Storm's soulmate. Yeah. Um, the and bracelets. bracelets and everything. And, I cried. And so when, when he cheated on her, he didn't know that they, had a legitimate psychic connection. So she knew everything that he was doing. She could feel it.
0: She was banging victorious. Yeah. Like, come on. Uh, so she comes, do?
1: Yeah, she comes back and she's of course, heartbroken and pissed and turns into the big Valkyrie wow. thing. I don't know. Um But the the scene where she comes at the end and she's like, Keeps trying to attack Johnny, and you know they're like, "What are you doing?" And she finally gets to him, and she takes his bracelet off to break their soul connection. Like that—that
0: that got to me. Yeah, goodness, goodness. Yeah, I felt for Sky. Like, yes, I me I, too. We, we've known Johnny the longest of the two of them, but it's like, nah, he's a jerk. He's such a jackass.
1: Oh, he's insensitive, and maybe
2: this will teach him some humility. I would hope so.
0: That
1: even at the end, where he goes back to her, and um, after she took his thing off, and, and he says, "There's something I need to do for you. It won't hurt." And then he takes her band off, and she says, "You lied, Johnny Storm. It did hurt. Like that—that that was deep too. Like it, Slot isn't usually that deep a writer. So I mean, I really, really, I really like this issue."
0: I'm I'm so iffy with Dan Slott. Um I am up and down on his run with Spider-Man. Uh his run with Fantastic Four. I thought he came out firing. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like he dipped a little bit. It's it's inconsistent, but when he hits, he really hits. But uh it's, I agree. it's Yeah, you know, it's it's a uh, I don't know. I, I definitely enjoyed this issue as well because of the I and that's my main thing with with Capes in particular. It's when you can find the human aspect of these characters, you know, and you can connect with them as opposed to them just doing these major battles and shit exploding. You know, that's where it really hits for me. And Marvel does that. Uh that's like the specialty of, of Marvel, you know. It's yeah. about it's not about Spider Man, it's about Peter Parker. You know, so, mm-hmm. so in this one, it's not about Johnny Storm, not about the Human Torch, it's about Johnny Storm. You know, it's, it's something that's really, really touching.
2: I enjoyed that issue, and I think it's about time they do something different with Johnny Storm, because it seems like he's been the same character for so long. He really hasn't evolved. And I think this would be uh, something else that I think would be cool would be if they could give... Ben Grimm the ability to transform to his human form so that Ben could enjoy the perks that Johnny had. So it could truly be a role reversal because Johnny never could really like empathize with Ben because he got the powers and, but it could also be Johnny storm. Now the roles are reversed. So I think that that's going to be, that would be cool to explore if Ben could transform and, you know, be Ben Grimm when Johnny can't touch anybody.
0: That would
1: be, that
0: would be something, right? So see, so, but see, but see, then you run into the issue, okay? Because eventually Johnny's going to be able to turn this shit back off, eventually, because the illusion of change—that's Marvel.
2: Uh-huh. You know, the thing hasn't been able to transform
0: for decades, Facts. But the illusion of change exists in Marvel. So, if Johnny eventually will be able to turn it back off, like. Then, then you run into the issue, well, why can't Ben just turn it back off, you know? So if if the goal is for one day for us to have a Fantastic Four where Ben and Johnny can just turn it off, then cool. And they're willing to explore that and the ramifications of that. I'm all for it. Like explore, explore Ben Grimm's sex life with Alicia Masters now that he can turn it off. You know, let's see what happens with that. You know, let's let's see. Let's see what happens. You know, so so if they're willing to to really dive into it, then I'm all for it. You know, because I think that could make for some very interesting storytelling. But if it's just for the sake of saying that now Ben is in, now Johnny is in Ben's shoes, and Ben is in Johnny's shoes, then it's like okay, I need a little bit more. You know. You got to show me something else because it already seems like, because Ben has the experience of not being able to change back. He already has a more mature approach to it, you Mm -hmm. know, like, nah, kid, relax, you'll be fine. You know, whereas Johnny's a jackass and he's, he's ragging on him any chance he gets, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you know? So, yeah, I mean, that, that would definitely be an interesting thing to do. Do you want Dan slot writing it though? What's that? Do you want Dan Slott writing that? Uh, I enjoyed Dan Slott
2: on Amazing Spider-Man. I enjoyed Dan Slott on Superior Spider-Man. Yeah. And oh, man. I enjoyed the first... I enjoyed Dan Slott up until he took away Franklin's powers. Um, really? I liked the development
0: with Johnny. Nah, you thought Points of Origin was going on for way too long. I remember I you... Text him yeah, me, like, was, he needs to wrap this shit up.
2: Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, so I guess he's kind of hit or miss these days. So I really don't know. Serious. This was a promising issue, and I hope he continues to do promising work, and I really hope he resolves this Franklin thing, because it kind of seems like he enjoys pissing the fans off. <laughs> he enjoys... Yeah, he just pokes them every now and yeah, then. Right. He was getting death threats for when he um, took Peter off the board. And, like... You know you, you, you you've done this trick before where you piss everybody off and then you fix it but enough is enough like if you're gonna if you're gonna correct the ship do it now before you get canceled before you can finish your story yeah like Marvel must have faith in him because it doesn't seem like fans are liking what what was going on with Franklin and he's still able to continue working so he must have more tricks up his sleeve
0: but I'm hoping that it starts we start to see it. He must. He must, and he's part of this whole rollout coming out next year because mm-hmm. he's headlining. Uh, what is it, the Reckoning War? That, right. that that was mentioned in uh, one of these books this week. I can't. They all blur. Yeah, it, it was, was either
2: this week or last week. It was mentioned, I think, in
0: Fantastic Four thirty six. I think. Something so. Right. Yeah. So wasn't it
2: the Time Variance people who mentioned it?
0: Yes. Yes, that's who it was. The, the TVA. It was. it was in thirty five then.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The TV mentioned
0: it. Yeah. And then Reed was like, what? Then he was like, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. Yeah, don't worry about it. But it'll be here in January. You know, so yeah, I, I'm I'm back. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm uh I can't wait. Uh can I? Who knows? All right. <laughs> so, all right uh let me talk about a book. Let me talk about Spider Man Life Story Annual, written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Mark Bagley. This came out a couple weeks ago. Um But it's not an ongoing, so it's like nothing else going on. So, you know, I figured let's talk about this book. So just like Fantastic Four, before that, Spider-Man received the life story treatment chronicling Peter's life, how it would have unfolded had he aged in real time. Now you see things like Flash getting drafted to Vietnam, Peter uh, working under Reed as a member of the Fantastic Four, the death of Gwen Stacy, the failure of Peter and MJ's marriage, whole bunch of shit is crazy. Um, But this issue was a, was a pleasant surprise as Peter wasn't the focus at all. Like instead we got our point of view character being Peter's greatest rival, J Jonah Jameson. And it's, it's a very real approach as Jameson's thrown in prison after two years of commissioning villains to kill Spider-Man. And (laughs) like the heart of the story is his time in prison it's it's him with this this man of strong convictions and and reforming gradually over the years, finding out that like the shit that he did was just stupid. Um and it really tugs at your heartstrings. This 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 particular issue really did. And it's it's Chip Zdarsky's a favorite of the show. We talk about him, I would say, if we've recorded 21 issues. We've probably mentioned his name in at least 10 of them, you know, um, or <laughs> probably more. And, and these kind of stories is, is why he is a favorite of the show because he's a very funny dude. He's super witty. Um, but he has a lot of depth to him and it's, it's, it's rare that you get it. Like we reread daredevil. And Daredevil is one of those books where he's definitely showing you some of the depth that he has in the way that he dives into the mental state of Electra, the mental state of Matt, even the mental state of Wilson Fisk. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really impressive the way that he just dives into all of them and, and on the art. I mean, what else can be said about Mark Bagley? You know, like he's, he's definitely one of the greatest Spider-Man artists of all time. Uh, his style's perfect for pretty much every era. And, and his character designs of the sixties are just fucking beautiful. Um, this book it's, 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 it was, it was really, really, really cool because it's a companion piece to what Zdarsky already did with Bagley with the Spider-Man life story. And, and it makes me hopeful that Mark Russell, if the fantastic four life story gets an annual, um, what type of companion piece will he do with his, Mm -hmm. you know, because this was exceptional. J. Jonah Jameson, one of my favorite characters, um, never suits up, but he's just so he's layered. He's an asshole. Um, he's, he is, as I said, he is Spider-Man's greatest rival. And even in light of, uh, uh, Nick Spencer's run where you get these other layers with Norman, you find out that, okay, everything Jonah did was by choice. You know, the shit that Norman did, now that we're finding out through this run, he, sign, he signed a contract for that. You know, Jonah is who he is, and he felt the way that he felt. Like, I wouldn't say it's justified, but he it was him. It was a choice. So I thought that this was, this issue was really cool. To to touch on that, to touch on Jonah in real time,
1: yeah, and I really liked how in this issue when Jonah found out that Peter Parker was Spider Man,
0: mm-hmm. like
1: in the the mainstream Spider Man, Jonah has you know come close to finding out or so many times, so many times. and so many times. usually when he does, he like goes and confronts Peter about it and tries to you know be the newsman and break it. But it, I liked how in this story, he's like, you know, I thought Spider-Man was this horrible person all these years, but I love Peter. Right. So p Spider-Man, how can, how can I justify that? And he so then he gives be up be the be hatred. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's wild. It's wild. A very realistic approach to the dynamic between the two of them. Um, it really got me when Jonah called Peter and Peter was home. And jonah is is it's a friendly call at first, but then Jonah reverts back into the spider man bashing mm-hmm. you know, and Peter's like, bro, my wife died like, <laughs> yo, what are you talking about and and but Peter still answered the phone, you know, even though yeah. he knew what was happening, you know and that that's a testament to who Peter Parker is his character um so that was that was really, really, really wild. Enrique, what book you got for us next
2: so We'll just get down to the nitty gritty of it, and we'll talk about Inferno by Jonathan Hickman, Larry O'Shea. Inferno was an awesome book. It was a big part of his swan song as Head of X, and I loved it. I thought it was awesome. There were some things that I was disappointed with, but there were others that I was uh, really impressed with. We are going to give some spoilers about Inferno number one. So, if you haven't read it yet, now's the time to look away or turn the program off. But Let's I would don't
0: turn it, it. it off. Yeah, definitely <laughs> right, never, right. Turn off. <laughs> never turn it I off. Never turn it off. We also
2: don't want to be spoilers.
0: No, um, we're definitely spoilers. So
2: we're we're going to get into it. Um, and I'm going to say, I was really impressed that they showed Destiny. Um, I thought that was exciting. I thought that was something that we wouldn't see because one of the few rules to this uh, new exciting era of X-Men on Perkoa, and these rules given to us by Boyle McTaggart with the ability to uh, come back to life and retain all knowledge of her previous lives, the, the, the two rules were don't let them bring Nimrod Online and don't let them bring back destiny or any um, people who could the future, and
1: that's what happened. So, what do you guys think? Well, first of all, I think of their two rules; they broke both of them. So, so oh, much it,
0: it was a spectacular failure. <laughs> Quick, face. They said, "Fuck it, just throw it all out the window." <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, on the flip side, okay, I wasn't really that impressed by Destiny showing up because, like, that's what we knew was going to happen. And I think we've known that since, like, issue seven of X-Men. Like, I don't want to say I was disappointed with Inferno because I wasn't disappointed because it's new Hickman and new Hickman nine times out of ten is a good thing it's just for destiny to be held off until the last panel. All right. Like we knew she was coming back, you know, and, and destiny coming back in the last panel, she's only filling one seat of the quiet council. There's like, what, two more vacancies left. So
1: one, if, if she takes one of them, there's two vacancies now. And they were trying to get mystique off.
0: Right. Right. They never replaced Gorgon. They never replaced Gorgon? No. So so he's off, Gene is off, Apocalypse is gone. Were Scott and Gene off too? Scott was never part of the Quiet Council. But Gene was? Gene was, yeah. yes. It was Gene, Storm, and uh, Kurt. All part okay. of Summer, I think. I believe you are. Will Psylocke now have a seal on the council? Psy- what? Wait, Psylocke? Why Psylocke? Didn't she show up as well? With yeah, She she showed up, and they
1: said she was taking Gorgon's place for something. Gorgon so
2: was on the council. So that means she's going to replace Gorgon on the council.
1: I thought she was replacing Gorgon in the... Um, as a captain? The, yeah, as a captain. Probably
0: as a captain.
2: Okay, I, I might have misunderstood that. Okay, so it would have been bigger news if, he was, if she was replacing Gorgon on the council. But, okay, as a captain, I get it.
0: Yeah, as Captain that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. This is uh it's it's I mean Infer but overall Inferno was good. Inferno was good. It's just I don't like waiting a month to find out what happens next.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Well this is a lot like reading Powers of X and you know House of or Powers of Ten and House of X. You know, at least that was weekly. Yeah, but, it was weekly. You, know, you, 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 you got down to the end of it, and it's like, damn, I want to know what happens next. And then yeah. you had to wait two weeks for the next one to come. Now you got to wait a
0: whole month. A whole <laughs> month, yeah, for four issues. Oh, Hickman's killing me right now. And then he's walking Are you guys reading this weekly? Reading what? Are you week? reading the
2: weekly on, on the Marvel Unlimited by uh, Jonathan Hickman and
0: Declan Shelby? Nah, nah. It's Jerry Dugan now, and and it's another Wolverine. Oh, that's story. right. It's another Wolverine story. Yeah, that's what this this. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm reading it. Yeah, but are you guys up to date on it? Oh yeah, I'm there. Eric, yeah, Eric, I think I am. Yeah. Because okay. this was X Men. I don't know, I, I don't hate
2: it. I, I like that. I like that a new comic comes out every week. That I that's canon. That is
0: written by Jonathan Hickman. Like, I'm okay with it. I like him more than I dislike it. Yeah, I liked it when it was Hickman and and but that Hickman story's done. Now it's Jerry Dugan. Nah, it's Jerry Dugan. This okay. last one. And it's another Wolverine story. Like, give me a different mute. Right. Stop giving me Wolverine. Like, you know what oh, I would have really I liked? I would have loved if Hickman, this first story would have been a Cyclops story. That would have been dope. If it was strictly Cyclops, you know, a character that has been going for a while, he's coming back. And, and, you know, if you want to really push this Krakoa agenda and him being a captain and him being the leader of the X-Men, you know, do this story. Or if you're not going to do that, do a side character, somebody completely different, you know, but that's not what he did. They did, wolverine and nightcrawler and now it's a whole bunch of other people leading to who at the end wolverine and it's like (laughs) come on like he just came back to life yeah nature girl to find who wolverine it's like he just came back to life and now it's like come on y'all are shoving him down our throats like at this you know because of this I hope the MCU doesn't touch Wolverine for like 10 fucking years. I hope, I hope we don't see a replacement you're until fucking 2030. See Wolverine, you're either
2: going to see Wolverine before the X-Men or shortly after the debut of the X-Men.
0: Goodness, goodness. That's one of the reasons why they bought Fox. You think so? I don't know. I think, I think we're not going to see Wolverine for a while. What do you think, Eric?
1: Uh, well, I don't know exactly when he's going to come out, and I don't know what their plans are for the X Men in the MCU. Um, if they plan to create an X Men team that's more modern, then I think Wolverine will be the first person you see. They'll they'll do some that'll be the the end credit scene in some other movie. Somebody goes to Canada, and you know, there's a you you see Wolverine. Um, Laying in a snowbank or something. I got um, a pitch, but we'll save yeah. it later. If they choose to do the original X Men, which I would almost kind of prefer that they did, really, um, yeah, because they don't get any play, and, and they are the they were the X Men, you know. The, the X Men didn't start with Uncanny, um, true, very and, true. So I just think that that it would be nice to at least give some credit to the past.
0: Okay, and I'm old. I, I,
2: <laughs> I agree. I agree. I disagree that you're old, but I agree that they should pay homage to the past. But I don't think they're going to have the patience to go through the original X-Men, especially before Angel became Archangel. Um, but I also think that they will kind of have Wolverine in some shape or form shortly after or before uh, the X-Men arrive at the MCU.
0: In the next issue, I'll give you a pitch that can make all of this work. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, I want to say
1: one more thing about Inferno. The thing that that I am most interested in is the throwaway that Hickman threw in at the beginning. Um, the, the scene with Xavier and Magneto coming out of the pods.
0: Oh, with with Emma? Yeah, yeah. Because what, what do you say really, These
1: times, Charles. <laughs> yeah, I really want to know. Something's going on because at the end, and when they're in the Quiet Council, Xavier and Magneto are think they're all slick. Oh, and I think everybody should review whether or not they should remain on the council, and like <laughs> they think that they're being all. And then Mystique just slaps them down. Exactly. So, like, yeah. there's there's something. Something's not right with those two. They're not acting like themselves. Definitely not. Definitely not. I agree.
2: But another thing that I forgot to mention, now that Eric mentioned that, they completely did not mention the Trial of Magneto or the ramifications of it or mention it at all. They should have waited to wrap this up, and I know that things moved fast because Hickman was on his way out the door, but I really wish that they would have addressed it in some way. You know
1: what I mean? Right. Yeah, they should have said something about it. It's another major ongoing storyline, and it just wasn't even... Not even given a side glance to. You know, Nobody even mentioned the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, I thought that was a little inconsistent. Where do you see this going? What do you think's going to be the outcome of all this? I think that the prophecy is going to come true. What was the prophecy
2: that there will be an island? Not the first island, but be, the last. <laughs> I think that's going to elude or foreshadow that they're going to go to space, or they're not going to stay on Krakoa. Uh, like maybe Krakoa. Maybe Krakoa is going to go to space. That, but a I weird. think that. Yeah, I think they're going to. They're going to. It's going to be a literal interpretation with like layered things connected to it. Um, I think at some point they're going to break out Sabretooth. Either he's going to be needed at at a, at a moment of desperation, maybe to save Moira, or maybe he'll just break out. What do you think's going
0: to happen? Well, well, we know we know Sabretooth has got his own going coming out. So, I mean, and as far as it looks to me, it looks like Mystique and Destiny are going to be like, let's get you out of here and, uh, you know, let's let's uh, carry on. Because I, who knows with this shit? I don't know if, if Krakow is going to be divided at the end of this, if Krakow is even going to be in existence at the end of this. Um, I mean, I'll tell you now, I mean, I'll cry if it's not. Like... <laughs> Like I, I hope they're not going back to that fucking school.
1: Like, I don't think that they'll go back to the school, but I, I I do have a feeling, like Enrique said, that this the the fact that they use the name Inferno, like they're not tying it into the Inferno of the '90s. I think this is going to be literally, it's all going to burn. <laughs> mm.
0: oh. well, well, you know what? In, in the books, they have been constantly talking about this. The first Krakoan era You know there's supposedly Multiple eras of Krakoa You know it's not the first Island but it's the last Mm -hmm. So maybe this Is just the end of the first incarnation Of this you know And then maybe we come into something Else and we never go back to Westchester So (laughs) we never Touch on that stuff ever Again Um, But we'll see We'll see uh, Eric, you up next?
1: I am. Um, the next book I want to talk about is one that came out this week. It's Black Cat number 10. Um, we've kind of alluded to the Black Cat story as it's gone along <clears throat> on a couple different shows, but really the, the main reason I wanted to talk about it this week, um, and I didn't mention it, it's written by Jed McKay, and the artist is C.F. Vila. Um, who both do great work on this series. But I didn't know until I got to the end of the book that this is the last issue. It's like they are doing one more giant size annual to kind of wrap up the story, but I don't know what's going on with, at Marvel. I don't know why they're just canceling everything. And it's, it's the books that are the best written and have the best art, And all I, all the creators are leaving, I guess, to go do other things. Um, so they're just, like, not even letting it out in, like, the, the, the news. And, like, I didn't read anything about the Black
0: Cat ending until I got to the end of the book.
1: And I was like, oh, man.
0: Yeah, because it's like at the end of Black Cat, you get the entire thing, and then you you scroll, you pay turn the next page, and it'll be like the cover for the next issue. Right. And this one, it was just like a, probably a letter from, like, Nick Lowe, who doesn't write the book. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just like okay, <laughs> and it's just like all right. Thanks for reading. You know, uh, check up on Felicia whenever we get back to her. So. Yeah, but I, I really think it's a shame
1: because they had turned Felicia into a great character. Yes, like she she like you know she's always been that. Spider-Man's girlfriend, is she a good guy, is she a bad guy, they tried to force her into both roles, but this role that she's in now is this kind of um, spy slash master thief who's doing these um, grand um, international espionage kind of things, I mean, I think it really
0: works for her. It, um, it really does. To, to me, those aspects of her are what dif- differentiate her from Selena Kyle. Yes. You know, and, and like, I'm like, cool, dig into these things. And they were definitely, Jen McKay was definitely digging into those things. I completely agree, and I really enjoy Black
2: Cat, and I, I love when J. Scott Campbell was drawing it. And I pop in every once in a while to see what's going on. But it is surprising that they're canceling it because they really did develop the character um, a lot more than they have in years past.
0: Yeah, she, she's she's gotten a lot of attention with, with Jed McKay at the helm uh, for for this abbreviated volume and the previous abbreviated volume. It's probably going to lead to another abbreviated volume mm-hmm. still written by Jed McKay, I, covers by Pepe Raz <laughs> uh, uh, colors by I, Marte Gracia. You know <laughs> Beautiful covers by Pepe La Oh yeah, um, I mean, he's Pepe La I hate it when they made her a
1: criminal and a kid. Yeah, that that didn't work
0: for me. Yeah, same here, same here. Yeah, that that was rough. But
1: And I was really kinda jazzed that they brought in Nighthawk and, Yeah. You know, and he was talking about the heroes. Reborn world, or heroes? Yeah, heroes, heroes reborn.
0: reborn. Or yeah, and that's how
1: he it. yeah he wanted to get back to that, and like um was talking about Felicia from that world, and um, like so. It really seemed like they were building stuff up for
0: future arcs, and yeah. then done for the plug. <laughs> for the plug, Ivy at the hospital. It's crazy. But see, just like with with Chip Zdarsky and Daredevil, I don't think this is the end. Because when when yeah, you're probably like, right, you know, because it seems like when Marvel finds a writer that really connects with a character, it's uh they're like wait, it's like they realize it in the middle of a run, and they're like wait, let's start <laughs> it over and really give you a beginning, <laughs> you know. So I uh, we'll see, we'll see. I hope Jet McKay is the one. I really do, I really do, because I, I truly enjoy. Um, and I'm not a black cat fan. I'm really not. Like like I think he's just He's a great character. I like her. I, I always thought she was just a nuisance in Peter's life. Um like bruh, he's got the redhead. He don't need you. Um but this this arc by Jet McKay has really, really, really added a lot to it. And um and and you know what? Who else added a lot to it? It was uh Nick Spencer. Nick Spencer, mm-hmm. yeah, he, because yeah. She, she was with Peter and she couldn't remember who he was. That was Spencer, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that sh- so- man, look, look. I mean, we're going to talk about Amazing 74 later, and then I can, I'll save my tears for then. Um, <laughs> but, but uh, I'm going to jump in and and I'm going to talk about The Many Deaths of Layla Starr, a Boom Studios book written by Ram V, art by Felipe Andrade. Um, when Darius, the prophesized inventor of eternal life, is born, God decides death services will no longer be needed and sends her to live her mortal life as Layla's star. Distraught over God's decision, Layla decides to kill Darius to restore her worth over a period of almost seventy years and five lives while indulging in all the beauty and ugliness life has to offer. Um I read issues one through five it's a mini series and it's it's very life affirming it makes you appreciate a lot of the small things this book does because she has this this layla star or or death she has this singular goal to eliminate the guy that's eliminating her position but through her indulgences of mortal things um it kinda sways her and it kinda makes her appreciate all the things that mortals do. And she kinda under comes to a understanding of why this guy would create eternal life, even though at the end of it that's not what it's about. Um it's it's super, super interesting. Uh Philip Andrange is perfect for the art in this series because it's very, very Middle Eastern religiously influenced. Um, a lot of those themes dealing with uh, Buddhism and, and things of that nature. And it's it's super, super interesting. Super interesting. It's, it's one of those series that when I was finished reading all of it, I really felt like, yo, life's pretty fucking good. You know, <laughs> it really made me feel that way. It really did. It's super life affirming. Yeah, it's 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 a very very. I mean, li- life affirming is like the the best word, the best phrasing to come to associate with this story. Uh, I highly recommend it if you get a chance. Definitely check it out. The Many Deaths of Layla Star. It, it really drills in why Ram V is top tier. Like this guy is writing uh, Swamp Thing. He's writing Just Lead Dark. He's writing Catwoman. Now he's writing Venom with Al Ewing and Brian Hitch. Like he's he's one of those guys. He's with Tom Taylor. It's Ram V and Tom Taylor, and they're I was saying knocking a couple weeks ago or a month ago. They're banging on the fucking door. Like <laughs> they're like, Look, Hickman, you need to let us in. Uh who else? Uh uh. JT the fourth, you need to let us in. Like they're banging on the door. So yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the mini of Star. I mean, unfortunately, it's something that I didn't pick up on until after all the issues were released and, and, I, and I checked it out. Um, but yeah, check it out. Super good, super good. I can't recommend it enough. See, I
1: I think it really shows the value of independent comics because like you can just tell a story about anything and that's what I love about it it's things that I never would have even would even think to to be stories and and you you wind up creating these great series out of them they need a home for that I'm glad independents are really thriving oh yeah
0: so am I I mean it's 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 uh like, I love Batman, I love Spider-Man, I love I love the X-Men, I love mutants. And the stories that they tell, it's, for me personally, I have to dig in a little bit deeper to get the, the human aspect of it. I have to think about, okay, who is this character? What have they been through? I, there's so many things I have to think about, where with the indies, it's, this person only exists as far as page one. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like okay, now I I can immediately just attach myself to them because I don't have to think about myself with them as and, and, and to go along with decades and decades of history. So so that's that's been one of my allures to uh, the indies these days, and and they're telling some fantastic stories right now with with different mediums because. Boom Studios is, is an amazing publisher. Um, they're really putting out some good stuff. Really, really putting out some good stuff. Uh, Eric, we're back to you, I believe. Okay, back to me. Um,
1: keeping in the tradition of strong character-driven stories. Um, the next um, pair of issues that I want to talk about kind of together, and so I'll be very brief on each one, are Superman Son of Kalel number three. Um, we have talked about that book before, but um, the companion to it is um, Action Comics 1035. Both of these came out um, on Wednesday, and they both are like bookends stories because they both tell the reaction of the Superman family of characters to the fact that Kal-El is leaving Earth to go fight Mongol on War World. So they both get really deep into the family relations um, between uh Kal-El and um, Lois Lane and um, the the son and his friends. And there's an appearance by uh, the Justice League. And so Batman and Superman have a nice little um, (laughs) playoff. And it's all about basically Clark feeling comfortable enough that the earth will be well defended, that he can go off into space knowing that he may never come back because they had at some point his son had gone into the future and was looking at the Superman timeline and it ends when he leaves earth to go face Mongol. And then there's no mention of Clark after that. So everybody knows that he may very well die. Or if you read future state, you know that he doesn't die. He's just the champion of war world. now. (laughs) But he can't leave.
0: Um, It's Planet Cal o
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, So So, it's just very, very touching moments. Some of the, like, um, Tom Taylor, who we've talked about at Infinitum, who um, I definitely think is one of the next wave of major comic authors, Um, he has this whole thing where um, Jonathan... If you've read the story, there's this nation that he created that had these refugees that escaped from it, and none of the other countries wanted to grant them asylum because this nation is so rich in resources and was putting political pressure on everybody not to accept them. So Jonathan saves them, brings them to the United States, and basically exposes this conspiracy. So the government, in response to that, wants to go and arrest all of the refugees. So the, they do a grassroots movement, and people come to protest the fact that these people should be granted asylum. Um, Jonathan's friend um, from college who runs that um, website, The Truth or whatever he calls it, yeah. um, he goes to try to cover the story And Jonathan winds up coming down and landing in the front line. So now you have, okay, what are they going to do? Superman is supporting the protesters. The police are on the other side. I was just going to come off. Unlike in the past, like if Clark would have come down and landed, the police would have said, oh, if Superman's on his side, I guess we're going to have to back off. And they would have left. The way Jonathan handles it, he's like, okay, you want to arrest these people because, they're refugees in your country without asking. Well, so am I, because I'm not from this country. I'm not even from this planet. So if you're going to arrest re- refugees, arrest me first. Wow. So they take him in, and then that diffuses t- the whole situation. <laughs> they took Jonathan in? Yes, they arrest him. Wow. They, they wow. put him in jail. Um, his friend bails him out, but, of course, Clark comes down to get him too and there's a unique interplay because Jonathan's friend whose name escapes me and I apologize for that but he when he meets Superman he's kind of cool like he knows Jonathan's the son of Superman so he knew his father was Superman and he's there and he's talking to him and it's all cool then when he goes and meets Lois Lane because he's a reporter to him Lois Lane is like God (laughs) when he meets her he's all dumbfounded and can't talk and <laughs> acts all stupid but he wasn't like that with superman i thought that was cool
0: wow that sounds great that sounds great i've read action i didn't get a chance to read uh Son of Kyle Kal- Kal- yet and i'm, I'm super interested because that's that's something i'm collecting i think it's a fantastic series so far and um that sounds super dope so i'm definitely going to probably give that a read tonight um I guess we're kicking this back to me and I'm going to talk about John Ridley's Batman, um, written by the aforementioned John Ridley art by Nick Darrington travel foreman and Olivier Coppel. Um, John Ridley's Batman. Interesting. The way that it was presented to us, we got future state first. So we got to see, uh, Jace or Tim Fox, uh, suited up, doing his thing, and it was kind of I won't I, I don't want to say off putting, but it was random. It was just where did this come from? So I decided, all right, they're rele- releasing the next Batman Second Son digitally on uh, DC Infinite Universe. So let me give it a shot. So twelve issues, read it all one of the issues that we had initially was where does this, the buildup for this fit in? Like, how did we get to this point that Jace or Tim is Batman in second son? That's where it all is. It, It tells you everything. It gives you history on the character, how when he was younger and his father had money, he was out being reckless doing all types of crazy stuff. His father sent him to a boarding school Um, After the boarding school, he decided to, very similar to Bruce Wayne, um, travel abroad. And while abroad, he met Katana. Katana taught him how to fight. All types of things that he did covertly um, um, without the knowledge of his family to become uh, suited to not necessarily take on the mantle of the bat but to defend himself and defend others. And after you go through second son and then you get to, I am Batman, which is the current series going on. That's going right into fear state. You get all the, the steps that Tim or Jace, whatever name you want to call him, everything <laughs> that he had to go through to, to put the cape and cow after Tom King left Batman and James Tynion IV was coming on. High expectations, but that debut issue, for me, wasn't hitting. So I immediately was like, I'm not collecting Batman anymore. I will read it on the app, and that'll be that. And now we're at Fear State, which is Tynion's swan song, his, his, for Batman, his magna opus. And I didn't have an entry point into it. You know, I didn't really care about his Batman, which I even though I wasn't collecting, I was still reading. Um his the Harley Quinn book that's coming out, I was reading that and it just wasn't connecting to me. But what John really is doing with Jace as Batman, that's got me invested in the future state. That's that's my entry point. You know, so so on the strength of of this incarnation of this character i'm i'm all in on this future state stuff so so uh john ridley along with jace fox has, has uh got dc to take a couple more dollars out of my bank account all right. <laughs> but i mean al- but along with this i did read uh fear state alpha and fear state alpha made me very excited for what's going forward and and i've read the latest issues of batman and i I'm, I'm i'm all in now all in but my initial entry point was definitely john ridley's batman that's that's definitely and it's still at the top of my list as far as what's going to keep me moving through this fear state uh saga i guess <laughs> and john ridley's going to be getting
1: ready to take more money out of your pocket cuz black panther's coming out Yep, you he's taking it all.
0: Nice he's <laughs> taking it all out of my pockets. Yep. Yep. Can't wait. Did you see the trailer for yes. uh t- what? To got secrets. I'm <laughs> like, what? To has got secrets? Daryl's got money to find out what T'Challa's secrets are. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they that got was me. Curious
2: enough to find out what those secrets are.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, they got me. I'm 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 hook line and sinker. Let me see what's going on.
2: Um definitely getting issue number three of Black Panther with that awesome Alex Ross cover of Black
0: Panther uh, visiting Krakoa. Oh yeah. What Alex Ross is doing like all the covers. Like I'm loving oh, man. it. I wish he would do a monthly. Man, I'm losing my mind. All right. Enrique, I think we're on you for your number one. Three. I would I would have to go
2: well. Probably my number one was Inferno, but my number two was Wolverine. Okay, tell me about Which he your- chronologically came after Inferno. Um, I'm digging it. I'm loving it. I'm loving that Wolverine is uh, being written by Benjamin Percy and is being drawn by Adam Kubert. And I love that the Kubert brothers are back on... Wolverine and Batman at the same time. Adam is on Wolverine and Andy Hubert is on Batman and I'm loving it. That, uh, Andy's uh, on The Detective, Batman Detective. Um, oh,
0: the Detective. Person, yes. Right. Tom King. Right. No. The Detective. Tom King. Is the
2: Detective. Tom King. No. Yes, he is. Tom King's writing Cat.
0: That's oh 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 Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Taylor. Damn. Yes. Look at me being arrogant. Okay. Look at me. Tom Taylor. You right. You right. Continue. I'm sorry, sir.
2: so good. No worries. But I'm just loving the art on the cover, and I'm loving the art on the inside by Adam Kubert. Um, the story by Benjamin Percy is great. We're learning more and more about Solemn, Wolverine's new, potentially arch enemy type of character from
0: uh, Araco Until January.
2: Until Saber gets
0: out of the yep.
2: no place. Is he in a no place or is he in the
0: hole? He's in the He's The hole. The hole. Okay. He's been he's been in the hole since since September 2019. <laughs> not to be
2: confused with the luxurious no place that Moira
0: is joining. Definitely not. Definitely not. He's he's in a hole, just chilling, pissed. <laughs> but rumor has it he's not alone in the hole. People who
2: haven't been mentioned could be in the hole. Ooh, interesting. That's very interesting. And not every mutant is on Krakoa.
0: That's very, true.
2: That's very um, true. Our good friend Mike brought up a good point. Like, where are guys like Trevor Fishtroy or Gideon? Whereas yeah.
1: we haven't seen him? Is is
2: strong guy on Krakoa?
1: Uh, Strong Guy's probably somebody that they just drew in the crowd
0: scenes in the back. I was about to say, yeah. The Blue Lagoon scene. Yeah. He's in the back high-fiving somebody. <laughs> but, but the the
1: externals, or whatever they called themselves, I don't think I've seen any of them. No.
2: Was Celine considered an external?
1: I, I think she is.
2: Yeah, I think so. So you had Celine, you had Gideon. Was Trevor Fitzroy...
1: No, Trevor Fitzroy was one of the upstarts. Or was he an external? I thought Trevor Fitzroy was always one of those people that were fighting that the externals had that contest to see who was going to become the next external. I thought he was always part of that.
0: He was always a runner-up.
1: And
2: Bishop was hunting him through time, wasn't he? Yes.
1: X-Men in the 90s. It got a little convoluted Oh yeah (laughs) Because let's not forget Sam Guthrie wasn't external for a little bit
2: Ah that's true He was Yes One of my favorite issues in the 90s Was when Sam Guthrie Fought gladiator of the Imperial Guard And not only held his own but won Eric Mm -hmm. do you remember this issue I do very well It was sucked It was the great Joe Mad Rudia.
1: That's right.
2: How do you pronounce his last
1: name? I'm actually not sure. Commonly referred to as Joe Matt. Joe Mads.
0: Yeah. <laughs> when we when we have him on, you know, we'll ask him, he'll clarify it for us, and then you know we'll there you proceed go. from there. Problem solved. That's usually how it is for all these people um, whose names we butcher. Yeah. You know, when they we w we're gonna butcher it until <laughs> they bring their asses on the show. And then they tell us how to say it properly. Yeah. Joe Manorrea, I would guess. Okay. We don't have to continue to butcher it until he gets on.
2: But um, with with that being said, I'm loving where Wolverine's going. I'm loving the art. I'm loving the writing. I love that we're getting away from the vampires. I like that they're getting more into... The uh, formation of this rivalry between Wolverine and Solemn. And I'm also loving the pre covers that that Adam Kubert is doing. Have you guys seen the the cover for the next issue of Wolverine?
1: I have. I don't believe so. It's either
2: the next issue or the issue that where it's Wolverine swimming and it looks like an homage to Jaws, kind of. I have seen that
0: cover. yeah. Yeah, fuck. And
2: it looks awesome. Yeah. It looks so cool. It's a really good cover. But it's a great cover. But part of me says, this is such an awesome cover. And the other part of me says, wouldn't Wolverine sink like a stone with all that adamantium? <laughs> you would think. You would
0: think, yeah. think.
2: I, you know, I will, I, I thought about that for half a second. I was like, I don't care. It looks so cool. Yeah,
0: because he but doesn't have like super Wolverine- strength, right?
2: He does have superhuman strength, but still, I don't think he would be able to do anything on the surface. What do you think, Eric? Do you think that he could swim well, like, according like a regular to, um,
1: the random Google search that I just pulled up, Wolverine only weighs 300 pounds, so he should be able to
0: swim. Well, I'll be damned. <laughs> wow. And his alignment is chaotic good, in case you ever wonder.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Is>
1: that- <laughs> Was that? I said his alignment is chaotic. Good if he's if he was a Dungeons and Dragons character.
2: Ah, okay. <laughs> Thank you for the reference and the breakdown. That's
0: pretty good.
1: And just to get because you can find anything on Google. Anything. It goes further to say that Wolverine weighed two hundred pounds without his adamantium skeleton. So oh, his wow! Skeleton so just- added a hundred pounds to his
0: body weight. So adamantium wow. is super light and indestructible, apparently. Yeah, a hundred pounds—that's not too much. It's not too much.
2: I wonder how adamantium. Do you think that they're going to put mysterium in the same category as adamantium, or do you think that it's going to be used for different kind of properties? It's like a very coveted item in space.
1: Yeah, I think if if I was making armor, I'd rather have it made out of mysterium than adamantium. Because even though Adamantium can't be penetrated, supposedly, Mysterium can do a whole lot more.
0: Yeah, Mysterium's got like, right. magical properties and shit. Uh-huh. Yeah, Mysterium. So I Mysterium. wonder if
2: I wonder if we're gonna see weapons made out of Mysterium. I wonder if we're gonna see people encased in Mysterium. Or if they might just straight up give Wolverine Mysterium claws. They could do anything with it.
0: They better not give Wolverine Mysterium Claws. <laughs>
2: Uh-uh. I don't know uh-uh. no, no, They're, they're no. never going to go too far away From the adamantium I don't think But it is interesting that they created this new
0: Substance And it has so many uh, Kind of properties to it I think it's super cool and, and especially since It's very very tied Into the X-Men As far as intergalactic shit is concerned mm-hmm. So I hope that That means that we're not leaving space. <laughs> like, I, look, I just don't want to go back to the fucking mansion. <laughs> like, like. Well, did you
1: read Sword this week? I
0: haven't yet. Wow. Well,
1: wait until you, well, you read Sword. Um, not that there's any, you know, major revelations or anything, but Storm as the regent of Araco is so freaking kick ass.
0: <laughs> oh, She's on the cover.
1: Like, yeah, yeah, there's no way that they're, that they're going to take that away. Not anytime soon.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna jump in before you, Eric, cause you're talking about amazing 74 and I want to talk about amazing 74. So let's uh, talk about this. What I have is my number one specter inspectors written by Bowen McCurdy art by Caitlin Musto, who I have no idea who either one of them is. Um, what drew me to this and this is different for me because usually I'm very much a, who's the writer, you know, before even who the characters are, who's the writer. Then I see the writer, then I see the characters and then I'll be allured by the art for this. I was allured by the art, um, Hmm. because it, it was very much like a, uh, it wasn't the, the manga style of Seven Secrets, but it was very much like an anime cartoon style in, in, this, in a similar vein by Caitlin Musto, and that really got me intrigued. So, um, headlined by Noah, Co, Gus, and Astrid run a YouTube channel investigating paranormal activity. It's recently taken off, and they've decided to explore the Cape Gracetown Hall, the most haunted place in one of the most haunted towns in America. And it's here that Astrid, who's basically like the skeptic of the group becomes possessed by a demon. Um Before she becomes possessed by a demon, she tells uh, Noah that the video that really got us to take off and shit. We faked it. We, <laughs> we, we actually uh, doctored some of the footage and um people were really taking a liking to it and we just ran with it you know and noah is heartbroken because since she was a little girl she's been seeing spirits and communicating and she's like yo i did all this hard work to try to get this to take off and you just doctored some footage like what the fuck she like feels like heartbroken but then Astrid gets possessed by this demon and cohen gus who have never actually seen these demons or heard these spirits now they're seeing that Astrid is possessed by it then they're seeing actual spirits and it's all types of crazy shit um it's only five issues the miniseries and without dipping into too much spoiler territory i'll just say that it sticks the landing the, the final issue in this series is completely worth it. It lives up to what the first issue sets out. But the journey along the way, it's a story about friendship. It's a story about not even just friendship, found friendship. you know. And it's a story about a lot of understanding. It's a story... Aside from X Factor, this is probably one of the most diverse stories I've read recently in comics. Um I'll, You want to talk about inclusion? <laughs> uh Noah and Astrid are definitely, if they're not by their lesbians, um Gus is non-binary. Um Co. Ko, Ko seems to be the only character that's straight. So far, you know, so it, it's it's um, it's it's inclusion all across the board. um, But with that said, it that's not at the heart of the story. You know, the heart of the story is these friendships. It is the love and and it delivers on every level. You know, you've got paranormal shit. You've got ghosts. You've got all types of craziness. And, and it's something that uh, came out this year. I think it started in like January. Um, and it ran until May and it's, 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 a uh, boom studio again. Um, incredible book, incredible book. Very, very, very heartfelt, like really tugs at your heartstrings. And it's, it starts off so funny and it starts off, but it's, it's that, that humor in the beginning is just to open up and pull you in. So you get to get to know these characters more intimately because you're laughing at their jokes, but as it goes on, you're like, damn, I'm not laughing at these jokes anymore, but I, I now I'm with in tragedy with these characters. So it's, it's something that like, I've read a lot of five issue series and, and the many deaths deaths of Layla star is one that I had super high up. But for me personally, I think I have Spectre inspectors higher than that. Like it's it's so good, it's so good. And because of this series, I'm looking to see what Bowen McCurdy and Caitlin Musto were doing next. I am invested in their careers. I want to see what's the next thing that they're going to do. If it's going to continue to be independent stuff, I'm going to continue to read their shit because it was that good. You know, I, I highly recommend this one. I think I always say that at the end of these things, I highly recommend it. <laughs> but check it out if you ever get a chance. Definitely, definitely. Now I know your number one is. Um, yes, it would have been my number one, but I knew you were going to beat me to it. So, <laughs> so let's talk about it. The final yeah. issue of Nick my Spencer's number one story. was
1: Amazing Spider-Man seventy four, um, Nick Spencer's grand finale, and I'm it, crying. Uh, yeah, the culmination of his what three year run is longer than yeah. that. Yeah. This book to me just delivered on every level. You know, we were talking in the past about how Nick Spencer did such a great job of paying homage to some of the big Spider-Man stories of the past, you know, when he did hunted. That was obviously like a, an homage to Craven's last hunt. Um, he did um, the Sin Eater story. Um, Which was the death of Gene Wolf. Right. Um, so none of the stories were directly linked to the predecessors, but they had enough character bits and, and, and throwbacks that if you read the originals, like it really uh, added to your enjoyment of the series. So, we have kind of speculated all along that his finale would be an homage to one more day and it was but i can't get into talking about that before i mention the other fact the thing that really got points in my book he also rectified the um sins past storyline which was in my opinion Strictly my opinion, the worst single Spider-Man story ever written.
0: <laughs> I don't think that's no. just your opinion. I mean, it's a couple people. <laughs> you know. um,
1: and uh, in fairness to the writers at that time, that story was never supposed to stand. That was supposed to get corrected in one more day, but then they didn't let it. They, they chose to edit that part out. So, the thing that the thing that really got me was they introduced in the sins past storyline that Gwen Stacy, Peter Parker's first love before Mary Jane, um, who the Green Goblin killed, had an illicit affair with Norman Osborn and had two children that she never let Peter know about, who were raised in Europe, and then they came back, and so they were Gwen and Norman's kids that was just so wrong to me on so many levels. You know, to say nothing of the fact that um at the time when Stacy would have been in college. So she was about eighteen, nineteen, and Norman Osborne was in his forties. <laughs> they're having sex and having kids. So like I I did not like it 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 was like spitting in the face of a character that I really respected. Um when was she was, like, as much as Peter and Mary Jane are great together, Peter and Gwen were great together in a different way.
0: Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: And when she died, I mean, that I was reading um, the book at the time, and that was, like, the first time that a comic really got to me. You know, yeah. the death of a character really hit hard. Um, and so I was glad that they... Retcon that so that, like, she never did have an affair with Norman Osborne. Harry just got Mysterio and created this illusion in Norman's head that it had happened. And then, as part of his revenge on Peter, he told Mary Jane that it happened. So, when Peter got around to asking people about it, those that were closest to him were like, Yeah, I knew about it, Mm -hmm. but it never really happened. that was good. I was glad that was off the table. Yeah. Uh, and then they did talk about One More Day, finally, in this issue. Um, I would be interested to hear what Enrique thinks on this one. I know that he, One More Day, was the story for him that really,
0: from Spider-Man. The straw uh, that broke the camel's back. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, because it was like, well, if you're going to take away Mary Jane and the baby and all of the things that they were creating and bring Spider-Man back to being Peter Parker bachelor living with some other slubs in a low rent apartment. Like I've been there already. Right. Um, so this didn't change anything. It, it didn't bring back Peter and Mary Jane being married. It didn't bring back the fact that she was pregnant, um, but it addressed it and it it kind of talked about why Mephisto would have been involved with them from the beginning in a way that I thought was satisfying, personally. So I thought that this was a, you know, again, I spent $10 on a comic, which is something I don't like to do, but this (laughs) was worth every penny of it to me.
2: I completely agree with Eric. Amazing. It was a great finale to Nick Spencer's run. I loved that... They did address the one-more-day stuff. I loved that they had Dr. Strange in it, having this deal with Mephisto and this ongoing dialogue. I feel like he tied all the plot points together very well. And I also liked a lot that they finally addressed the baby that they let Norman get away with killing. And I also am interested and intrigued by the fact that they're trying to redeem Norman Osborn and say that he's remorseful for making this deal with Mephisto and promising his his son's soul. I think that's
0: fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, Amazing Seventy Four Legacy issue eight fifty, is that what it is? Or eight seventy five. Eight seventy five, Yeah. Um yeah, I definitely was was uh very much into it. It's sad, you know, Nick Spencer it wasn't fire all throughout, but when it did catch fire, it didn't let up. Mm -hmm. So, so it's, it's definitely sad for me to see him go because I've said this in previous episodes. Spider-Man is my favorite character. Peter Parker is my favorite character. And when you have a writer that has a connection to him, similar to what Enrique is experiencing with Wolverine and Benjamin Percy, you know, someone that clearly loves the character. Um, now that he's leaving and I'm getting what three or four other writers jumping on and <sighs> okay. Like, and they're not even talking about I mean, Peter Parker. Yeah, they're talking about fucking Ben Riley. Like <laughs> what? Who cares about Ben Riley? <laughs> um Yeah, I mean I'm 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 excited because Zeb Wells is one of the writers jumping on. And I think that Zeb Wells can really nail Peter's quips. Better mm-hmm. than most people because Zeb Wells. I'm t- look. I love uh, Mister Sinister because of Zeb yeah. Wells. <laughs> um, like, like uh, Hellions is a is Hellions. It's my favorite X book.
1: Definitely my favorite X book. Yeah,
0: it's my favorite X book. I'm thinking like like it's uh it's it. I like it more than New Mutants. I like it more than X Men. I like it more than. X Factor more than X Force. X Factor was really good. I like it more than X Force. I like it more than yeah. the The only book that gives it competition is Sword. That's it. You know, but not nah, Hellions. Hellions is fucking
1: fire. Um, I thought Marauders had a lot of potential, but it, it
0: in the same, beginning, some, some books are good, are really good, and then
1: others are just kind of. Eh.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, should we talk about like? Like, should that be our discussion piece next week? Hickman's... the the crack, Is it the Hickman era of X-Men? Or is it the Krakoa? Because it seems like Krakoa is still going to be
1: a thing. Yeah.
0: So the Hickman era? Sure. Yeah, let's, yeah let's talk about that next week. Because there's definitely uh, some books in this era that I really like and some books in this era that I'm just like, eh, you know... Yeah. Hellions being one of them that I really like. Sword being one of them. Excalibur in the beginning. Yeah, that was... yes.
1: I really liked... um, We've talked about this before, but Fallen Angels.
0: Yeah. Fallen Angels was so good. It was so good. And and I think people didn't care about Fallen Angels just because it wasn't so ingrained into the Krakoa shit. I think that's what people's issues were. But... Quinnan, I, I, I'm she's a super fascinating character. Um, young Cable, and give me all the Laura Kenny I can get. Like, mm-hmm. and, and and yeah, those three. Nah, it was good stuff. It was good stuff. Yeah, let's talk about that next week. Let's talk about this Hickman era of X Men, and kind of dissect it a little bit, and uh, talk about the things we like, talk about things we didn't like, and uh, of course, along with all the weekly books and the right. news and all that. Other good stuff, something uh, to look forward to. Definitely, definitely. So, uh, after talking for two hours and thirty minutes of news, books, and all types of fun stuff, uh, this is issue twenty-one of Books Bruce Bros. Spirit Hero Shows podcast covering comics, and you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Spirit Hero Show. You'll find all types of fun stuff, and I will be getting on the uh, uh, the chats and the Twitters and, and the text messaging um, to get the team to send some stuff so we can start putting up stuff on our social media platform. Been a little lax in that lately, but... Very lax, very lax, <laughs> very lax. Um, I think we left off on... Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill. I'm, I, you know, I think that that's what's in the chamber. So, um, I think that's okay. that's uh, that's what's going to come out. Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill artist spotlights this week, and uh, we'll see what else. But catch up with us, follow us. Enrique's gone, but that's Eric,
1: and that's Sarah,
0: and find out what happens on issue twenty two of Books Brews Bros. See you next week. Peace. Peace.